thing. All right. Okay, so Anchor basically told me that I was running my mouth too much. So <laughs> we're back with JT the Poet. Matter of fact, I'm going to let him. I know you just said you had a piece you wanted to do. Now, there's a reason why I'm going to let you do this right now as we're coming back from the, the, the brief interruption. And I'm not going to lie to you people because, you know, I keep it 100 with y'all at all times. I'm about to go to my car and get a cigarette. So <laughs> I'm going to let JT do his thing. And then we're going to talk about the piece after he gets done. So, my yeah, brother. just find it real quick. All right. Do your thing. Do your thing. I'll be right back. All right. Joe Budden. So, <laughs> Joe Budden. See, that, that's something else we got in common. We both actually like that guy's music. <laughs> Shit, I've been on a Joe Budden kick for a minute. But, uh, all right. So, this piece is actually untitled, but it's going along with everything that's going on right now. So, I said, um, Gil Scott Heron said the revolution would not be televised. Now it's being live-streamed as corporate media finds a way to monopolize. It's a trend, it's a fashion, and the land of the gun killing is a passion. But when it happens, you realize it's not a game. Life taken prematurely by murder and death leads to a voice being erased. So Cloud Chaser now laid claim. Hashtag our suffering while laughing at our pain. This is sick. My, er, this society makes my skin... Er, hold on, let me fucking... I fucked up my own writing. <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? Oh, man, I, man, I get in the booth and say words backwards. I'm like, wait, why did I say that? All right, <laughs> all right take two, take two. We can take that first part out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right, take two. Okay, untitled. Gil Scott Heron said the revolution would not be televised. Now it being live streamed and corporate media finds a way to monopolize. It's a trend, it's a fashion, and the land of the gun killing is a passion. But when it happens, when you realize it's not a game, life taken prematurely by murder and death leads to a voice being erased. So now clout chasers go to lay claim. Hashtag our suffering while laughing at our pain. This is sick. My skin makes me society's prey. Don't give a damn about your opposing opinion because I have to live this way every day. The protests emerge. I see the fires rise. Why did George Floyd have to be sacrificed for those in comfort to finally open their eyes? Mm. I stayed quiet for nights. I could not write. Five years ago, I was in a similar chokehold because the cop wanted to fight. Thought I'd take flight. Man, I'm lucky to be here, but I see the face, I see the pain in all the faces of my brothers and sisters who see the same fear. Some days I wish the world would just stop and let me off, especially when something as small as $20 could justify my life's cost. Woo! $20. And it ain't counterfeit, fool. (laughs) They just released the other part of his video, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, the uh, cop, when he walked up to him, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he wasn't cooperating. Only thing he didn't cooperate on is he didn't put his hands on the steering wheel right away because they had their guns out. You know how they come up with us. Oh, they yes, sir. Out. He was sitting there. He's like, he immediately said within three seconds, started crying. He said, don't kill me, man. Don't kill me because I just lost my mama. And he just, he, he broke down right there. And I've been there. But you know what they saw? They yanked him out the car. And we know. Yeah, that, that man... Let alone, how many people re- realized that that was uh, Big Floyd from uh, down in... Yeah, like, that's remember, crazy. I remember hearing some of his music, and then he made that religious turn, and... Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the fuck. funny thing is, victim blaming is such a big part of the media cycle, because it is the media's job to make the to, to sway the court of public opinion so that the police can continue to get off. Exactly. That's their job. And I, I, I think I, I, we were talking about this the other night, and I think that somewhere along the lines of the mid-'80s to the early-'90s is where the biggest change in, in media started happening. Uh, I remember when right. I was a kid, I could see uh, they, w- they would make sure it was noted as an editorial 
but you can see more objective, you know, writing, more objective, objective reporting. And they, they would report from, you know, look, this is what I think. Uh, this is what's happening. And this is how I see it. Um, you know, and you get to see both sides of it. But now you only get one aspect of it. See, and you're right about that because you're, you're probably a little, yeah, you're older than me, but probably, I'm going to say at least eight years. Okay. But, um, yeah, in the 80s especially, because I remember this too. I was always watching media and all that, and I always, always wanted to be a newscaster until I found out they paid shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, nah, there was a, I forgot the name of the act, but there was something to where they had to give you both sides and express it, and you know, so you got both sides of the story. And somehow in Reagan's second term, he took that out. Oh, yeah. And then, then came the rise of the 24-hour news networks. I mean, let's be honest, CNN was first with Ted Turner doing oh, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then yeah. Fox News wanted to do the other side, which is basically just propaganda. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a, I think the media, the media has a very important place in what happens. Trump the, is not wrong when he says fake news. He's wrong as and his intention to what he calls fake news. Exactly. But he's not wrong on the premise. Oh yeah, because there's a lot of fake news going around. Mm-hmm. We used the, to call we used to call it satire. Right? Yeah, because that's exactly what it is. They take the actual story and turn it on its head to make it, you know, to make it palatable to a certain pop part of the population. Right. And I, I I tell people all the time. I was like, listen, I've never been the hey you need to go vote guy. I never been that guy, and the whole reason why is because yeah, I go vote, but I vote for my own reasons because yeah. I feel like okay, Same I casted here. I, my, I threw vote. my vote away. <laughs> Look, I cast I casted my vote, so I got every right to complain. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But they say, well, if you don't vote, you have a right to no. If I live in this country and I suffer because of what's happening in the government, regardless of what you voted for, then I have a right to complain. That goes with the electoral college, though, because in a way, the whole thing's rigged. Exactly. Because Carlin actually said it the best. He goes because he didn't vote. He goes he would look at it as. I had nothing to do with this mess, so I have every right to complain about you assholes. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I, I look I laugh at the whole concept of an electoral college when yeah. it's supposed to be a vote for the people and by the people. Why don't we just do a popular vote with the overall who gets the Yeah, who gets the most votes? You're the you're the winner if you get the most votes, yeah, period. Because the electoral college what was that? It was you know, so smaller states could uh Compete with bigger ones, but I'm sorry if California has a population of what, like three million at least, thirty million. Thirty at least, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Why is some place like Maine equal to them? There's no way. There's no way. And then the states that you choose to be the states to represent the electoral college. It's only six states decided. So exactly. I, it's like, and it all had come down to Ohio. Oh, so you got like Ohio, fucking Iowa, or some shit the like flyover that. Flyover states. Yeah. States where people don't even want to, like, I never want to go vacation in any of these places, <laughs> ever, for any reason. Like, yeah, why I mean, would I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's take the big draw to Branson, Missouri. Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> like, goodness, like, I don't understand. It's like, it's a... Uh, like, I'll hit Texas, I'll hit Louisiana, and even then, I'm not going 30 miles outside the main city. Nah, I, I'm, I, if I'm not in New Orleans or Baton Rouge, I'm not in, I'm not in Louisiana. Or Shreveport, I'm not in Louisiana. I, you won't find me there. I will be on my way out of Louisiana, is what, exactly. you know what I'm saying, but... It's Although, a, on the flip side, you hear, like, you know, the South gets known for all their racist shit. I will say the South has more of a, uh, their Southern hospitality thing. I'll give them that. Oh, yeah. No doubt. But what people don't realize on the whole racist thing, it's sneakier up here because... Oh, way, way ha- sneakier, yes. Housing, schooling, and all that, their biggest problems are New York. Oh, yeah. It was never here. Oh, yeah. It was never down South. It was New York. I told people, I tell people all the time, New York, New Jersey, and, and, and absolutely positively Pennsylvania... 
are three of the most racist states in the entire country. Massachusetts. In Massachusetts. Boston. Those four. My ex moved back to Boston. Even, she told even me fucking Boston Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, Connecticut, fucking Rhode Island is awful. Like, <laughs> all of this, they always think the North is better. The North is better. No, it's not. The North is worse because they won't do it in your face. They'll do all these other things behind the scenes that will ruin your life. And the, and the police will kill you. See, that's why I say... Quicker than the police in the South will. See, I don't look at myself as a conservative or liberal because fuck labels. But I will say, if you look at the typical white liberal, right? How is this not more insulting than somebody that tells me to my face fuck off? Because a liberal will sit there and act like you're not capable of taking care of yourself at all. Exactly, yeah. It's like, they want to jump in and take credit for it, so... There was a line that Immortal Technique had on a KRS-One song. They were together doing it. And he said, they treat niggas as fix like tigers and lions. Cute little baby women who grow up throwing behind iron. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shout out Immortal Technique. Shout out to all the artists who use their platform to, to do more than just make people shake their ass. No no disrespect to those. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out right now to Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion. <laughs> I want to thank y'all for making that record. I haven't even heard that Because I'm not going to lie to you. As much as when I heard about it, I was like, oh, my God, I do not want to hear this song. And then I heard, I seen all the people on Facebook complaining about it. And I was like, you know what? I, I got to go the, see this for myself. I got to be the contrarian yeah, now, right? I got to go see this for myself. So I went and watched the video. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't understand what you guys are upset about. Yo, good question. Let's, let's segue on that. What do you think about the whole Meg Thee Stallion thing? About her getting shot or not getting shot or whatever the case yeah. may be. Um, I mean, I'll put my take on it. I'm going to start off by saying, if you're a dude, I don't care if you're five. Because she got shot by a dude smaller than Kevin Hart. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you're gonna if you're a man in general, and you get to the point where you pull a weapon out on a woman, you're a bitch full on. If you especially a gun and you shoot and your life's not in danger, exactly. like it's one thing if you, if your if your life's in danger. And, and I mean, I'm not saying there ain't no some psycho bros out here that will pull a gun on you at night or something. If your life's in danger, defend yourself at by all means. But if you're in like instigating it all because what she probably wasn't paying attention to your yeah. ass, you know. Um, and, and you know, I'm not the biggest. I'm not. I'm not a Tory Lanez fan. I'm not going to pretend either. that I am. Uh, he's, he's made some. He's made well, some Kanda's really, get, really good records. Yeah, Kanda's gonna get their main guy coming back home. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tor, yeah. Y'all gonna get Tory back. He won't be here anymore. He's gonna be hanging with y'all. Y'all can have him and Drake back. We, exactly. we don't want him anymore. Yeah, take Drake back too. He annoys me. You know, always I, has. And you know, I, I, um, I give credit where it's due. You know, but I mean, with the whole Meg the Stallion thing, I think what happened is, you know, she tried to keep it G when the police came. It was like, yeah, I think I just stepped on a piece of glass. And I could, like if you really got shot, Meg, you know, I hate it for you. Like that's some fucked up shit to happen. If you really stepped on a piece of glass, stop telling fucking people you got shot. Right. And Tori, take your ass back to Canada and just shut up. Yeah. Cause we're over it, man. Like you're you're we're at a point now where the news cycle within the entertainment industry is just getting stranger and stranger every day. I I'm like I don't wanna hear about Tori Lane. I wanna hear your music, which I never really listened to anyway. Right. But it's like I don't want to hear. A lot of times when I hear this, I think it's a fucking stunt to sell something. Yeah. It's like, but it's like you shot her because the thing that threw me off on that is like, love her or hate her, she's the hottest act out right now. Yep. Yep. And so. Her and the baby. They they running this shit. Yeah, and actually, thanks to this girl, I was seeing for a minute, I heard uh, that album, that hot girl summer shit. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, like, and me, I like, like, dark lyrics and all that. I'm sitting there listening to this shit. I'm like, the fuck no. It's like, I don't want to meet you. No, I'm I'm afraid of her, honestly. Yeah, uh, well, no, she'd straight up say like, "You don't pay attention to me, I'll just straight up fuck your friend." Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're gonna cause a lot of problems. And then she, okay, this is my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just say it. 
She put out a song with the uh, Easy E Boys in the Hood beat, the mm-hmm. Girls in the Hood shit, and it was cool. The song is cool. I mean, you know, for what it's for what it is, it's cool. Like, okay, let me let me let me just make it plain. I want to say this very plainly so everybody understands. I personally think Meg The Stallion can rap. I do too. Saying that Meg The Stallion can rap, however, does not excuse some of her content because yeah. I think a lot of her content is very ratchet uh, and destructive. Right. However, there's a place for it because if I if I could embrace nwa and i could embrace brother lynch hung i can't cast off meg the stallion no i'm with you on that but it comes down to hip-hop's like almost 50 years old yeah so we're in a place now where there's subsections of it because look at it like we're in our 30s and our 40s right Right. so what would we look at look like sitting there trying to appeal to a fucking 16 year old and by the way that's the message why i want drake to go back to canada you're 34 and you're still making music for teenagers just go back to Degrassi. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I will. The only thing I give him, uh, I, I do give Drake credit for being one of the most emotionally in touch artists. In, yeah, in, but he in took music. that from Button. Yeah, he does definitely. And then, and then, then you were scared of him. Let's put that. Let's let's not forget that Drake was scared to fucking go at Joe, and Joe dropped four killers on him, and Drake okay. didn't say a word. Joe, Joe is so underrated because, like, I'll put it this way: I've been listening to him on a loop recently because he's one of my favorite artists. There's a couple artists that like. I'll listen and be like, I'll feel the same way and be like, how did he put that into words and I couldn't? Yeah. Like, uh, the two songs that he did, uh, If I Die Tomorrow, which was like a take off the Tupac one. Yes. That one was insanely good. But the one that really got me was, I like storytelling songs. And there's only, let's see, Nas had one that really got me. And, uh, what, Mortal I gave you Te- power? Uh, I gave or, you power. Or I love. Oh, Undying Love, yes. Yeah. Rewind yes, was yes, dope, yes, yes. too, but uh, Joe Budden's uh, Three Sides to a Story was insane. <sighs> Joe is awesome, man. He's he's so underrated. Like uh, Everybody's like, oh, man, Joe's the weak link in Slaughterhouse. I was like, no, he's not. Listen to Ordinary Love, all four parts. He's not. And it, the reason he was not the weak link in Slaughterhouse is because he has the capability to do that where many of the, where the other three guys they're, don't really. They're getting back Royce to Royce is getting yeah. to that. Like Royce the 5'9", to me, it, is unquestionable. Him and Black Thought are unquestionably the two dopest rappers alive right now. Right. They are they're I'll fucking throw Crooked in that mix too, but Joel Crook, yeah. Joel gets overlooked too. Oh yeah. Joel. Crooked and Joel just put out an album. That might be the great they Slaughterhouse might be the greatest group to never when it comes to spinners. Yeah. yeah they, they'll uh, never do it. They're yeah. actually technically getting back together. They were talking about it on Button's podcast. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, where he just like the only thing was the major labels were fucking them up. So if they could put their own money up, he was talking about going down to Detroit and recording something with yeah. them. Where Joel said Joe, don't put two bars of your like deep th- thought on there and have us rewrite everything. Yeah, because he'll do it. Because mm-hmm. Button is uh, that guy, man. So I, I I'm a, I, you know, I applaud that. Like again, though, I, Cardi, Cardi and Megan, salute to y'all. The song is cool. Like, but for me, I have to look at the song from the standpoint of listening to it for who you are, not what I expect. Right. So if I say bang, I'm, I can't go into a Cardi B and Meg The Stallion song expecting Gene Gray and Rhapsody. Right. Right. Like, I just can't because that's not who they are. Um, speaking of Rhapsody, <laughs> yeah, what happened to her actually? There was a there was a lot of backlash about her being nominated for a Grammy for Layla, Layla's Wisdom, but then not being nominated for a Grammy for what was her last album called? I can't remember. I forgot. Fuck. I feel like, so I, I bad. I heard the track she did with Gene Gray. That was amazing yeah. To me. I feel really bad about the not remembering the name of this album. It's Eve, right? Could be. I think it was Eve. So yeah, like she um. You know, to do a whole album, all the all the titles are black women, and it's very very empowering to women, uh, very empowering to people in general. You know, what I'm right. saying if you listen to it, and to know that some of the albums that were nominated were nominated and she wasn't was kind of cold. 
and I, I really feel like women are are kind of running shit right now. Like especially well, in entertainment, women are running shit right now. Put it now. this way: look at the veterans that came out in the last couple months. Just re- whoever would have thought that you hear Queen Latifah come back and spit body bags or shit too? She killed it. <laughs> yeah, that's the one with uh, Jada Kiss and Man, Bun B. She killed that Living shit. legend. Yes. Jesus Christ! She I'm killed sitting, that shit. And she summed it up with a. Uh, Two bards that she summed it up with was, uh, I taught you how to tilt your crown. Yes. Or, uh, what was it? Uh, I take midnight strolls to the Walk of Fame. That Grammys, girl. Oscars, I'll turn it down. <laughs> Yo, man. Queen, enough n- respect, Dana Owens. Mm. I'm going to call you by your real name. That's Dana how much respect Owens. I got for you. Dana Owens, much love to you. Lay being the one that put that together. The only problem I had with that track was if it's Living Legends, as much as I may not rock his arms, throw some other living legends on there. Throw LL Cool J on there. Throw Rakim on I think there. You, I think I'd have been better hey. better served with one of them instead of Jadakiss. Jadakiss, to me, is he falls in the living legend category to throw a sense. Throw Styles on there, too. But <laughs> he's more of a newer... Like, if you're going to throw Latifah, Latifah and Bun B on the record, who were doing it way before Kiss came out, yeah. Then throw somebody else on there that, with that's them. Right. That's, that's right. That's right. The locks didn't come out to like, 96. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you got to really... You know, if you're gonna do living legends, put some real living legends that that okay. that are on the there. The thing that tripped me out. Put Coogee rap on it. <laughs> exactly. Jo felony. Oh my goodness. Okay, here or uh, what, 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 what? <laughs> or one that never gets its respect. Um, shit, Chino XL. Oh my god. Got- Chino is doing an album with. Is it Alchemist? I heard that. I think it's Alchemist. The one oh that threw goodness. me off, and I can't believe it threw me off because I knew he could spit was uh. When Joyner Lucas did that uh, Will, and then Will Smith did that remix and came back, I'm sitting there Will like... Will that shit, too. He did, too. The flow, everything. <laughs> he bodied La- that shit. Laugh at him all you want with all the other shit going on. Yeah. He bodied that shit. And I feel bad for him that he's, like, making his moves. Because I think his whole thing was he was going to do that, and then there's a couple other little things he's got going that he was going to try to maybe put out another album. Right. Um, and I feel like that stuff... Other, all the other stuff is kind of detracting from him doing that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the thing is, I watched, I don't know why I watched that interview. I got caught up in that shit. And the thing that pissed me off about that is, yes, they're clowning her. But at the same time, are we going to clown Will? Will got to be one of the strongest men out there. And he's a hella L's on that yeah, one. God, he man, sat all there, the memes he took, and shit. He, he took it. He sat there. But it's like, what do you say to her? He goes, I'm going to get you back. Yeah. <laughs> And then the funny shit he's is probably one of the coolest dudes out there. Huh? Oh yeah, and he just you know he takes it with it, takes it all, and is like okay, you know mm-hmm. it is what it is. Like I, I mean, it, we can't change it now; it's already done. It's already so, done. like, like what do we do from this point? <laughs> We're gonna yeah. come up with a new word. Fuck that. Entanglement. You no, you up. cheated. <laughs> you fucked up. And like with an emotionally disturbed person, that that's sick. That's predatory behavior. August Alcina, get some fucking help, bro. Please. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. And that hurts you, too, because nobody's talking about your second album. Nah, they're talking about that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not making me want to go listen to your album, even though I'm a fan of your work. Like, I think you're a really talented artist. Right. Um, like, when he first came out, I was like, yo, this guy's incredible. Who is this? I remember hearing him when he was just doing, like, R&B mixes of, like, what was it, um, old Cash Money songs. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> I feel for him, man. I do. I feel for him, like, in a sense, in the same sense that I feel for somebody like DMX. Because I know you have an issue that needs to be resolved, and there's a good chance that, you know, it may take you out of here before you get it fixed. Although you know that verse with DMX gave me a lot of inspiration. There. That verse with DMX and Snoop was so beautiful, man. Yeah, I mean, come oh, on. God, the culture cool. one that night. Yes. To Snoop, it's nice to see that they were both huge fans of each other. Yes. And when's the last time you saw X looking that healthy? 
Oh yeah, no doubt. Now granted, he could probably you know get in the gym and tighten up a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, but he definitely he was like, take my shirt off. Oh no, you don't see all this. <laughs> I, here's the thing: I was always a fan of X's work, but I didn't realize his catalog went that deep. Man, he. But is... then again, people forget X's first what three or four albums went platinum. All of them, they were all number ones. Yeah, so mm-hmm. like he's he's got hits. He's got he's got certified hits and like some of them because he has other records that are so much bigger you forget about certain songs mm-hmm. like because I I mean I, I immediately go to get at me dog stop being greedy slipping stop being you know greedy what I'm saying stop shit. being greedy is my shit yeah so like he's coming back with the locks I just saw that yes oh my goodness <laughs> and that that's a group that never gets any credit either because come on Styles has always been here oh yeah the locks are incredible man they're incredible and, and Sheik is actually starting to get his shine Sheik is so much better than anybody ever gave him credit for being but it's just because you rap with two other really incredible guys. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, nobody... Then again, you got two guys that are like five six, or she just look out of place down yeah. there with his like six five ass. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He's but, all, like the funny thing is he's I've stood next to Sheik and I'm actually taller than him. Really? But he looks really tall standing next to JD Kiss and Styles because <laughs> they're not Styles tall at all. Like five six. Yeah, both of them dudes. They're short, man. So <laughs> I'm like, damn, Sheik is like the giant of the locks, even though he's not. Necessarily I just actually rewatched the uh, Who's Real remix where they have the entire Rough Riders crew on there. Oh yeah. Oh no doubt. my god, they need to do that again. Cause everybody's stuck on drag on too. Drag is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Like there's a there's a large you know there's a lot of artists man that I feel like never got their just due because either they were in a crew that was just too big, and by the time it was their turn like the crew's run was kind of over. Like by the time drag came, Rough Riders was starting to decline. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. By the time they Swiss finally went got back an to album, college. yeah, you know what I'm saying. So. You you working with the B list producers, and and not only that, but they didn't do a good job of making your name prominent before your album yeah. came out. One like, of the most slept on MCs, I swear to God, because he, I don't think he can make me make songs. But he's one of the best fitters I've ever heard. Papoose. Pap, yes. Pap probably has three or four really good songs in his catalog. Right. Um, and the rest of it is just you know bars. He can rap his ass off, but you know, pss, yeah. Those are the. <laughs> Actually, no, don't close it. Yeah. No, the um, thing I love about Pat, though, is like, that's where reality shows worked out. Man, yeah, Papoose, and I, I applaud him for how he held Remy down while she was See, locked. that's where reality shows worked out. They are the, actually the moniker of love and hip-hop. All right, I can dig it. So, I'm thinking, ah, hey, podcast listeners, I am partaking in an extracurricular activity for just a second so just forgive me we're gonna get right back to it i promise you oh my bad g ah. i'm so strong i'm so strong what's up man what's up turkey oh man so yeah Papoose and Remy, man, that their their relationship is beautiful. The the fact that they are black, love, the moniker of black love, and they live it. <laughs> oh yeah, man, they 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 are, you know, they're the exact opposite of what we've seen. They're the, the most of. They're the anti ratchet. Yes. And I like how uh, they kind of have a wider view because Styles took this view too. Instead of like segregating black and brown, he's like, why don't we just say brown all the way around? Yeah, no doubt. Because realistically speaking, we're not. Black. Yeah, <laughs> you know black what I'm is the absence of color, right? It's absolute. You know what I'm saying? So, um, now with that being said, Papoose, um, I say Saigon. Yes. Um, Joe Budden falls in that category as well for me. Ransom. Yes, definitely. Locksmith. Um, Chris Rivers. Ooh, little pun. <laughs> 
I'm glad you decided not to use that name. Um, For real. Because that, that was his name when he first started. Um, yeah, I remember. And I was like, bro, don't do that to yourself. Your father was a fucking problem. Like, you do not want... Because if you never close. get that nice, yeah. you're going to be a failure because of that name. I mean, so. he... You hear the same breath control. You hear the same shit. But it's like... Chris Rivers reminds me of a mix of his dad and cannabis put together. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Cannabis, my man. I love cannabis to death, man, but... Cannabis fucked around and said, you know what? I'm going to jump all the way off this diving board and see if y'all can follow me. He, and I was like... He just put out a new thing. I'm like, dude, this song is 10 minutes long. See, and I, you rap from the first beat to the damn see, end. See, I, I like songs like that, though, where he just goes like the Poet Laureate when he oh, really yeah. goes off. Oh, he went crazy, yeah. Or we'll take it back to I Say the True King of uh, Texas, fucking K. Reno. That motherfucker takes song. That guy puts out two, three albums a year. Been doing it since '85. Yes, but he does. He does songs that are like nine minutes. Yes, he now, just do, hits do you like um, what is his name? Uh, gosh, what is his name? He he put out an album called uh, Descendants of Cain recently. Mm. Is his name Kai? I think his name is Kai. I have heard of it. Um, man, this guy is so. There are so many rappers I feel like have gotten the short end of the stick because just because there's so much competition in this business. It comes down to the too lyrical too. Like there's only a certain subset that really wants to hear lyrics and stories. Absolutely. That most people just want to hear something they can chant along to easily, mm-hmm. dance to in the club. I like something that I can put on and like maybe if I'm already thinking something, but something that I can learn something from or pull something from. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, what do you think is like? Okay. So as far as and this is always a question that I ask because it changes so frequently. Mm-hmm. Like the state of hip hop right now, um, some people feel this really bad. I personally feel like it's. I think it's pretty good right now. I think things are pretty dope uh-huh. right now. I don't really mess with the mainstream because I know kind of what everybody still sounds the same. Right. But I can't say there's no good spitters out there right now. But the state of hip hop, I'll say this. I'll say sonically, it's gotten a lot better yes but lyrically it's starting to make a comeback starting to we still got a little bit to go on that but the problem is is the uh the structures of the songs because if let's put it this way i actually said this in an article and it kind of got people pissed off i said the way the song structures are running right now rap went r&b or rap went pop r&b went rap and country went r&b absolutely yeah that's real shit think about something if i write 16 bars on a beat then go to the studio and they were like, your verse is too long. What do you mean? It's 16 bars. That's standard as hell, right? It's not standard anymore. 12 bars are standard now. Okay, well, I'm not going to do 12 bars. Exactly. I'm an I'm MC. I'm not some... That feels man. abrupt. 12 bars? Yeah. Cut it off? Like, you can't even get a full thought out in 12 bars. Like, I mean, you could, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to do it in 16. Why do you think J. Cole's playing ball now? Oh, yeah. J. Cole's <laughs> like, man, fuck this shit. I'm about to go hoop. I don't... <laughs> I did all How does that make him feel, though? I'm 35 years old, and I'm going to try the NBA. Shit, Master P did it. I yeah, mean, Master P actually was good, though. Yeah. I, I mean, Cole, Cole can shoot. I just don't know if he I, can play. Yeah. How I saw it at the All-Star game. How are you 6'4", and you missed that dunk when you were right there? Oh, yeah, you missed it. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be clowned. And I, I I, mean, you know, I applaud the Detroit Pistons. I know what y'all are doing. It's all a marketing thing. I get it. You don't really want Jermaine Cole on your team. <laughs> I mean, he's not better than any single person on your squad right now. <laughs> but with all the players anymore. that are opting out, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you got open slots. But there are so many players who are actually good who are in the G Kimber League. Kimber Walker left and they said, fuck it, take anybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, you know what? Hey, let's go get J. Cole. 
I can guarantee <laughs> you there's no, there's no executive in the world who says, hey, you know what's going to get us to the championship? Let's go get J. Cole. You know, if they didn't hold on to Percy Miller. You feel me? <laughs> or even Silk the Shocker who can actually play ball. Like, Oh, man, have you heard uh, some of Silk's new shit? No, I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, no, he actually started he started to rap on beat a little bit. Somebody else is writing it. Oh, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> No, he's doing, like, motivational positive shit now. Silk the Shocker? Yeah, I'll, I'll show it to you. Mr. It Ain't My Fault? Yeah, he, now he has one called uh, Don't Give Up, which is actually pretty dope. Then he even the stuff where he's like, I've made it a long way. Like, he'll do, like, some of the, uh, you know, the money stuff, but there's a, there's a motivational message underneath it now. And he, he came to that when they told him he was the worst rapper ever. He goes, I didn't think I was the worst one. So he, I mean, his response to that would be you're, positive. You're definitely one of the worst, bro. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually I'll take think, Silk uh, over Blueface any day. Any day. <laughs> any day. I don't... Matter of fact, I'm so glad I haven't heard anything else from that guy. <laughs> I don't know what that to do with myself. With mama, that's it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything else from him. I'm not mad that I haven't heard anything else from him. I'm cool with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. The state of hip-hop, though, right? Because hip-hop is more than just the music now. That's why I say... I'm a huge fan of Button for how he went to the podcast, State of the Culture, all no that. No doubt, yeah. Like, absolutely. when that show comes on, I actually watch that religiously. State of the Culture, yes. Yeah, absolutely. him, Remy, and uh, fucking Jinx, one of the best, like, music journalists out there. Yes. Like, and then they got the, uh, what was the other one? Uh, I hate that, that uh, Scotty B. Oh, no, they, they threw her off. Yeah, they threw her off. They put uh, Ebony, Ebony K. Williams yeah. on there now. That's dope. Yeah, Scotty was... She she wanted to be contrarian just to be contrarian. Just for the hell of it, yeah. Like she got you know mad. You agree. She, she got mad when Joe called her ass out too. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and that's the thing I love about Joe though. Mm-hmm. Joe will call you on your bull. He don't give a fuck. Like he called himself on his bullshit. So yeah. like, how can I not call you on yours and I call me on my own? Like right. that's crazy. Right. That's why podcast is so good. Although you know, Maul, you know, stop. <laughs> Maul, you know what? I'm gonna say this. I love that podcast, and I listen to it every day. Every you know, every Wednesday and Saturday, I'm there. As soon as I wake up, I'm there. Yeah. I put my headphones on, turn the podcast yeah, on, and get ready for the day. I do it on my day. delivery route. I listen to all the old ones. But and shit. fucking mall, man. <laughs> like sometimes I wonder. Like I was like, this guy doesn't understand anything. Like you, you seem like you act like you've lived a life that makes these things that they're saying completely impossible. Like, what do you mean you don't get it? Like it's like you did the impossible. You made me actually want to hear Rory. Yeah. <laughs> And R- Rory's getting better. He is. He Rory's is. getting much he's got better. Some good insight. Yeah, exactly. Rory's getting better. I, you know what? Actually, like my favorite person is Parks, because Parks be all quiet, and then he's like, "Yeah, he'll but be, you know, da-da-da. yeah, he'll pipe in on something." Then Joe said some smart ass shit. He's like, "I'm not trying to be mean." <laughs> I love it, man. And yeah. those guys, man, thank y'all so much, man, because y'all, uh, Joe Budden, Rory Mall, Parks, y'all inspired me to want to do this. So. Yeah, exactly, and actually inspired me to look this direction too, because the thing is, is Joe actually saw. What the internet could be before anybody really Before anybody, yeah. And he has a thick skin, so, like, I actually agree with him with the internet the way it is. He only said on Jesus and Merrill, not everybody deserves the internet. Nah. And, it, you know, you know you're dealing with a different kind of person when you get your ass whooped. And then you go, immediately go to the internet and be like, yeah, man, Wu-Tang fucked me up and shit, man. Like, <laughs> hey, give it up to Tahiri, though. She got consequence in the back of the head with that bottle for punching Joe. Yes. I got to give it to him, man. You know, Joe has some very strange luck with women. Uh, the thing <laughs> is that that's what makes his music so good because it is like an open diary. Yes. He never makes excuses for what he did. Oh, no. In fact, he, at my, in my opinion, he'll actually overplay his role in it and oh, take yeah. it away from them. He own, owns, like, he owns it to an extreme. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's good, you know, that he has that degree of humility about himself. But at the same time, um, what I'm noticing now, like in the whole podcast scope, like I listen to several different podcasts yeah, just too. to kind of just to kind of see what's out there. Yeah, in this field, there's 
three or four interviewers of the podcast I really studied, like, what makes them good. I like Rogan. Yeah. I like Joe Rogan. Yeah, Rogan, Button, uh, Charlemagne, because he has a breakfast Charlemagne club. is hilarious. <laughs> He's yeah. funny as shit. He, I mean, he softened up quite a bit. but Yes, he has. Yes. Yeah, but not, like, I watched the interview they did with Master P. And it's like the other two didn't even need to be there because nah. P just kept addressing Charlemagne. Oh, yeah, because he knew who he was talking to the yeah, right person. Yeah, like, that's what I'll watch. I was like, what makes him good? And it's like he asked the question I wanted to ask, and he knows how to slide it in. Word, and fuck Angela Yee while we're at it. Like, seriously. <laughs> hey, I actually get to see her whole face now. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's, you know what? Let me take that back. Not fuck Angela Yee. I'm, Angela, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not fuck Angela Yee, but sometimes I feel like she is the most useless person in the and that, whole... And that says a lot with Envy sitting there asking you know the what simple things. And Envy's a dumb fuck. Like, I don't... <laughs> T- don't. Turn the turntables on and shut up, man. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness yeah, for, gracious. And for the people that don't know, could you tell us what that is? It's like they just explained it. Yeah. <laughs> in, in like 10 minutes, and you are asking the question again, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I really like Jamil Hill's mm, podcast. Yeah. I actually really like Talib Kweli's podcast. Yes, um, and he was doing an Arian Foster at a dope yes. one, too. Ari- oh, man, Arian Foster, I, I what up, Bode- bro? I listen to Bodega Boys, too. So. Yes, I drink champs, even though yeah, Nori drink- gets on my fucking nerves he sometimes. He does, but come on, it's Nori. I mean, the guy is an amazing natural storyteller. Yes, he is. I wish he could have done that more with his music, because I couldn't get into some of his music, but he's an amazing storyteller. Awful rapper. I just, I, I'm going to call it like it is. He made some really good songs, but he's a really awful rapper. And <laughs> Capone was always the best rapper of the two. He just had an awful voice. I always said if, if Capone had Nori's voice, he'd have been a star, and if Nori had... Uh, Capone's, Capone's skill. rap skills yeah. he would have been a star much longer than what he was um, but you know he got over Pharrell got him over for a while yeah. what 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 what, yeah. what no what? that drink that uh, drink champs podcast is amazing though just cause they getting drunk he's asking the questions he's funny as shit oh, and yeah. he's one of the only ones that really gave nods his roses cause it's the only one that nods that down the top to because once you're and I think the drink champs was a brilliant idea because once you start drinking it all and take the inhibitions go away and shit that you probably wouldn't have said you're gonna say mm-hmm. and um that's something that I like I started wanting to do with this podcast is like do it in two halves most of the time first half do it completely straight take a break insert a song while we take the break let's go smoke and then we're gonna come back and call, do it call me when you got that structure I almost brought a bottle <laughs> <laughs> let's go uh, like when we take the break we're gonna smoke take yeah. a couple shots then we're gonna come back and see what's popping exactly and, oh, and that'd be dope man, man it changes the entire trajectory of everything like it changes the whole dynamic you get the truth out of it too yeah because there's sometimes even as the interviewer there's sometimes when I want to ask a question or I want to say something and I, but I don't do it because I'm like uh, maybe not you know what I'm saying but if I'm drunk I don't give a fuck so I'm gonna do it anyway but yeah. <laughs> Yo, as an as an artist right now though, who who is your go to for who inspires you when you get kind of stuck? Who you listen to? It, it's probably be- gonna surprise you when I tell you who who, who I listen to to inspire me right now. Um, <laughs> okay, well one of them was Black Thought. That was easy. Um, easy. <laughs> Royce the Five Nine. Yeah. And I listen to a extreme amount of Dave East's music, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, there. I like him, but I can't really get with his albums I can get with some of his songs like the right. one the one Godfather 4 the one he did with Nas oh yeah oh shit they killed that yeah did you hear the beloved album he did with Styles P yes that, Styles made him step Styles, his game up yeah, yeah. and Styles the fact that Styles doesn't write it down Styles sits there smokes and walks and... that's crazy Real Cosby does the same thing now oh yeah yeah and I'm like that's crazy I with do, our output I used to be able to do that so much better now I have to write it down because I can't remember it usually I've never been able to do I, I can freestyle really well mm-hmm. and I write really well Trying to do it that way and not put it on paper, not happening. 
Not for me, because my memory's awful. Like, right. even if I write a song, I literally have to... If you ever ask me about a song that I wrote, if I don't perform it, I will not remember the No, words. I'm the same way, because there's... Uh, people are telling me about, oh, remember your first show, your second show, and I remember the pieces I did. I remember the name of them. I remember, like, the beginning part, but I don't remember. Nah, and I mean, that's... I'd have to hear it again. If I hear it again, I'll pick it back up, but... I, but I'll tell you, I, I'm going to tell you why why I listen to East. I listen to East because East reminds me of myself when I was like 20. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm Even though I know he's like almost 30. But yeah, yeah. he reminds me of me when I was 20 because of the perspective that he raps from. And I'm like, okay, that reminds me of the hunger that I had then. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, and because I get that remembrance from listening to him, it pushes me. And then I'll be like, ah, let me go write something. I don't necessarily get inspired by his lyrics because I feel like, not trying to be funny, but I feel, like I, can rap, I feel like I rap better than yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a, with me, it's his voice coming across because I saw the picture with him and J. Cole and a lot of times it's like, okay, it's like East Coast J. Cole in a lot of ways. Even though Cole's from, you know, fucking North Carolina. North Carolina. But still, it's like I saw so many similarities there oh, yeah. for some reason. Oh, yeah. I would love to hear them do a record together. I, I think would. they might when they got that picture of them I together. I think they should, yeah. I think they should. I think... Two I think before Cole, Cole said this next album was his last one, but I think I think there's some certain people that I would love to hear him do music I, I'm so sick and tired so. of rappers retiring and unretiring. Yeah, I hope Logic was serious. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I have no problem with Logic quitting. I hope Logic was serious. Yeah, she's oh, Logic. Boy. Yeah, I hope he was serious. The only hey, Logic I'll listen to is uh, Logical from UK. That motherfucker. Oh yes, knows. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like that's why I'm saying the state of hip hop in in this country. There's, it's hit and miss, but because they're not really saying anything. But that's why I've been listening to a lot of the UK shit. I mean, come on, honestly, when it comes to UK shit, you're not topping Kano. Oh no, you're not topping fucking Wretch Thirty Two. It's these two old ass dudes from over there. They old as hell. Uh, Kano's my age. So. <laughs> nah, I'm talking about these dudes are old, like granddaddies, mm. old, like gray hair and the whole nine. <laughs> and they, uh, bro, they make they got some dope ass music. Like I'm like, yo, this shit is hilarious. Because they have more of a they have more of the island than the Jamaican island like tone to it. Oh man, they these guys I'm I, I'm gonna pull them up when we get done yeah, recording. Yeah, I'll pull I'm gonna let you check them out because yeah. these guys are fucking awesome, man. And I like my dude Ready Ron turned me on to him and I was just like, yo, is this serious? He was like, yes, it's dead. Serious. He said and they did it because they were uh they had their grandkids over. Mm-hmm. And the grandkids were all tuned into the music and weren't really paying them any attention. Mm-hmm. So then they were like, "Well, you know how we can get their attention? Let's make the music." The one UK artist that made the jump even for a minute, and he—I'll uh, tell you why I like him. Other than seeing him in you know Top Boy going crazy, was uh, Dave Santan Dave. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the thing I give him credit for was what was it the uh, Brit Awards at the uh, last year? He did his song uh, "Black," which everybody was like, "Oh, that's racist," which it's not. But at the end of the uh, song, he adds a freestyle verse to it where he calls out the prime minister live on the air as racist as hell. And then he goes into how the media distorted everything and he calls everybody out to their fucking face. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You haven't seen that you haven't seen that performance. No, yet. no. I'll show no, you no. I'll show you that when we get off this shit. Like there's a there's a ton of stuff, man, that's happening in the artistic community that is so dope. Mm-hmm. And that is so above the above the fray. Like like, like, you know, you see all these artists, and it all sounds like the same shit. And I, I'm not mad at y'all. Get your money, do your thing. If that's who you are, to just be you, that's fine. Right. But I'm ready for Kendrick to come back. I'm ready for Cole to come back. I'm ready for like, if I gotta listen to mainstream rap, those are the guys I want to listen to. That that's where I said when I was listening to UK shit. That's where Wretch got me on his fire in the booth. He's like, who's colder? He goes, King Kendrick or Jermaine Cole? Oh, you tell me, King's dead and Jermaine's cold. 
And then he uh, he kept taking shots to Jay, subtle shots to Jay. Like, Jay Cole or Jay Z? No, Jay Z. Like he oh, would yeah. say, uh, he goes, so let me give you the blueprint and give you reasonable doubt why I get up here and change clothes. And then he ended it with, uh, he took a shot at title, and he go, he said, how are we supposed to, uh, he goes, how are we supposed to be artists when our our views keep going down the stream? Oh, man. That is some real shit right there. Mm-hmm. Streaming is one of the biggest crocs of shit in the world. The only thing I will actually side with Taylor Swift's ass on on anything is I agree with her. You got your song played 10 million times, and you got 42 cents. Bro. They don't respect songwriters. I, I just want to say, I just want to say, my 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 Spotify numbers in the last two months have grown exponentially. Exponentially, mm-hmm. uh, all of my streaming numbers have gone through the roof in the last two months. And even with that, I can honestly say that with the almost hundred thousand streams in the last two months, I haven't even made, you know, fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. Real talk. And I'm like, you know. It's fucked up that it's happening during a pandemic because if it wasn't a pandemic, I could take advantage of it and right. start, start going out and performing and make my money that way. But right now we can't do that. So right. you know we're kind of locked down. Yeah. There. yeah. So I mean, it is what it is. But we we have so much to offer. Right. Artists have so much to offer, and we have so so many different aspects of this thing to show. Like I'm really looking forward to seeing what Raz has to say next mm. after everything that happened. Right. I'm ready to hear what his next album sounds like because I have a feeling it's going to be a departure from what we're used yeah, to. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more political. Yeah, because he's, he's had a chance to grow. Although the best part about it is like the way they gave him the best press they could when they named him the whatever. The warlord, the, yeah. Yeah, the terrorists in Seattle. It's like, here's the thing, I had conservative fan members going against us. Like, really? All, everything he's talked about about gun rights is shit that you say. So the only difference is he's black. Yeah, that's it. And I actually got them to concede. They're just like, oh, well, I, I like what he's doing then. And, yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't like what he's doing. You would like what he was doing if it was on the other side, but yeah. no, you don't like what he's doing. You nah, don't like the fact anything that he, about it. The fact that he was teaching people how to garden, teaching kids how to do this, he owned all these properties. You know, they can't really shut him down. Nah, not at all. And and the one thing I'm mad at him about is, bro, if I was you, like right the day after they came in and started t- moving the barriers and started locking people up, I would have dropped the album the next day. Right. Because. The people want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. You know you what I'm saying? You were on the front line. Yeah. Like, as artists you. ourselves, like, I kept wanting to go down there, but it was almost like I seemed out of place. It was like it was almost like a day trip for me. I want to hear what Raz has to say because he was involved in all of it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, a couple times he told me, hey, look, man, do what you're doing in Tacoma. Don't come up here. Mm-hmm. This is this. It's a good chance that this is going to get ugly. Like, stay with, stay down there and do what he you're doing. It, y'all though. do what y'all do. Like, you know what I'm saying? They moved the federal troops in two weeks after they took that down. Two weeks. Two fucking weeks, man, and it's. But the thing that people overlook, he got the city to fucking concede for two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So, that, and so that's, they had that's to know the that they were on yeah. shaky ground to begin with. If they conceded that easily, oh yeah, the police just got the fuck up and left. The thing is, the, that <laughs> would have like, been a success. That would have been a success if that one dude hadn't got shot. Oh yeah, I think that I think that's what tipped the scale. Yeah, and then like, Brandy Cruz from Q13 came down there and totally did shit out of, you know. Out of perspective, there and she's a provocateur. She's not a reporter. Yeah, and and we have to start knowing the difference when people start coming to report on things. Um, be conscious of who you're talking to. Be conscious of what their agenda is. Yeah, be and, conscious of what their platform normally yeah, projects. And knowing that, don't surround her with thirty people on three. No, I don't care what you feel. It's not going to look good in your direction that way. It looks very bad. Yeah, especially when they're fat camera trying to fight everybody. 
Yeah, man. I, you know, I just feel like we um, we have had a very, very Washington has had a very, very strong response uh, to the whole thing, and I, I'm I'm very proud to say I'm that I live here. I'm proud to say that I live here, and I'm proud to say that I have been a part of it, um, especially here in Tacoma. Uh, and just so y'all know, I'm going to put it out there because it hasn't been uh, very well documented. In Tacoma and Lakewood, every Thursday, there is a protest that you can be a part of. Every They do alternating Thursdays at the Tacoma Police Department and the Lakewood Police Department. Uh, every other Thursday, every other Thursday, or every Thursday is at one or the other. So um, if you're in the area and you just happen to slide past the Tacoma Police Department around 5 o'clock or whatever and you don't see anybody out there, go ahead and go to Lakewood. Um, because Manny they're going to be out there. I saw, um, you, I Justin, saw your stream yeah, there. Justice for Manny Ellis, definitely. The thing, um, the thing that threw me off on that is I saw the picture and he looked me up. I'd never personally met him. Come to find out that one of my uh, friends, I've been friends with this woman for, shit, like 15 years. And she hits me up, it's like, yeah, that was, uh, she goes, I was actually really close to him, like, last year. And so I was like, okay, that's where it became personal to me. Yeah, I was a like, lot of people I've met are really, were really good friends of his. And I was yeah. like, man, people that I, I never And from what I hear about him, that, that account just did not happen like that. Oh, no. Nah. We saw the tape. We saw the footage, and I was like, fuck. Four on one. Yeah. Same thing that happened to George Floyd, but nothing happened. That's, I mean, there's so many. I, I was like, dog, it's cool that we jumped on the George Floyd train. People needed to do that. It's cool that we jumped on the Breonna, tra Breonna Taylor train, and we need to stay on that one until the justice is done. But I'm like, dude, there's, there are problems right in our city, mm -hmm. right here in the city they that need to be addressed. The, they don't get the... Uh, yeah, there's no national spotlight on Tacoma. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, even Seattle. Or even Seattle, that, yeah. Because, like, uh, I forgot who it was. That shooting down on uh, 74th and Lakewood. Yeah. Uh, I was actually making a delivery on 6th and 7th. I drove right by and saw the aftermath. The one where the uh, it was a traffic stop and the cops shot him. Yeah. Yes. I saw the aftermath because I actually saw them rope everything off. And I saw the cop come down and basically intimidate the gas stations and everything. Oh, Don't yeah. Don't say anything. Nobody can leave. You got footage, we need it now. Yeah. And the thing that threw me off is I was like four blocks away from that. And if I had made that delivery that, like, say I would made that delivery probably five minutes earlier, I either would have saw it happen or I would have been maybe him. You know? Because who knows? That cop was just, from what it looked like, he was just looking for something. I saw it by his demeanor. He was just looking for something to do that day. And it's, it's becoming a, a you know, I, I tell people all the time, as far as the police go, I, I would never be a fan of hiring a police officer from an application. Right. There needs to be police officers from the community in the community. If you're going you. to have police, it's a whole lot different if I know little JoJo and his daddy and his mama and his grandma than if I'm from fucking Oklahoma and I just moved here and now you're sending me See, to East Tacoma. And wouldn't I don't that know make shit. the most sense? Community policing, like you just said. Like... I say that they should have to live within the community, period. Yes. Because, like you just said, if I know this person, he knows me, he's less likely to test me, I'm less likely to test him, especially if they're, like, younger kids. All you got to say is, I know your mama. Yeah, don't make me call your mama. What uh -huh. you doing out here? You know what I'm saying? And, like, and yeah. if you're from the area, you're less likely to be a dickhead about everything, exactly. too. Because you know these kids, and yeah, you know exactly. that they're not bad kids. Yeah, it's like, right oh, now it's just you, a bad you situation. stole that here, here, I'll, I'll pay for that or whatever, you know? Yeah, and, and that's how it used to be. I remember when I was a kid... Mm -hmm. The cops um, used to do their beats, and you would talk to them. Feel me? You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was a couple times, yeah, I got caught stealing from the store once, and a cop did just that, because I stole, like, a candy bar or some shit. Yeah. And he was like, man, here, here's a dollar. Come on here, boy. <laughs> and, you know, he took me on, so walked me down the block to my house, uh, to the apartment, and was like, now go upstairs and tell your mama what happened. 
before I have done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I went up there and told her, and I got my whooping and da 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 da. But it was all good. So then, as I got older, mm-hmm. and and the exploits got a little more dangerous. Yeah. Um, but I always found a way to cool my jets and chill when I saw him coming. Right. Hey, what's up, man? Because it was like that. That's all. I don't want to put it in this term, but it's almost like that's your big cousin. You, yeah. You grew up with him. Real talk, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I was way more apt to listen to him mm-hmm. than to listen to Johnny Lightfoot from fucking <laughs> Nebraska who just moved here two weeks ago and now he's patrolling my neighborhood with his hand on his gun and his nightstick all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are you scared of, motherfucker? You shouldn't be here if you're afraid. Yeah, exactly. Like, come on. <laughs> Aurora, Colorado, they they got a lot of shit going right now. Oh, yes. My cousin lives in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, he actually works at the airport in Denver, and well, they he's those... been uh, an active part of a lot of the laws that are getting passed. He's mm-hmm. been an active part of, like, the move, the movement behind yeah, it. Yeah, so, I mean, like, they did it right, where they're just like, no, you can't doctor this footage. Either it's out in three days or you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. But, come on, they put those kids and that family on the ground over a stolen car that wasn't even in their state, and they were looking for a motorcycle. Or the, uh, what was it, the other one, the uh, kid that was autistic or something? Yes. That one got me. The kid, the, the violin kid? Yeah. Oh, man. And the oh, messed up thing is, is, they really didn't prove their point. They proved the other side's point when the protest broke out, and they responded to it with rubber bullets. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but we're Sorry. not violent. No, you're acting violent. You're proving our point. <laughs> no, you're not violent. You're savage. There's a difference, <laughs> motherfuckers. Like... Jeez Louise. <laughs> but man, look, thank you so much. We get, we about to move up on the two hour mark. And oh, I need to put this footage to put this uh the audio together so we got one cohesive thing here. Yeah. And uh also I'm I'm probably gonna inject a song or something in the middle. Please I don't, do. Yeah. But I just uh thank you so much for coming, man. I appreciate it. Always dope Anytime. talking to you, bro. Anytime, Always man. dope talking to you, man, because I know we're gonna get on some shit and, and really like dive into it because a lot of times I bring artists on and I bring them on and I start off talking about their music just to get them comfortable and then I try to shake them out of their comfort zone. But I know the way that you think and the way that you, you know, the way your mind operates, there's no way to shake you out of your comfort zone. It's just going to be a really dope interview. So, right. like, I appreciate and I, that. I appreciate that, too, because a couple other, you know, podcasts, radio shows I've done, I like them, but it's like, it's easier talking in this format, you know what no I mean? No doubt. Absolutely. I don't I don't believe in having it overstructured. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Because that kind of takes the fun out of it. So, <laughs> like, I like to have a good time, loose, fun conversation, and let's just cover the, cover the information and, um, you know, maybe give the people something to think about. And hopefully, you know, they'll respond and like, and maybe they'll say, hey, where can they follow you at online? Okay. Um, They got uh, my Facebook, which is just uh, my name, John T. Randall. No doubt. Uh, let's see. Twitter is JT underscore the poet. And Instagram, I think it's just my name. I just started an Instagram. I don't know how to work the damn thing yet. Oh, so that was you. Okay, I was like, is that him? Yeah, that's me. Is that really him? What is somebody hanging No, no, I, I, I started one. They uh, fucking UBO told me I need to do one, but they told me that last year, and I finally did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all make sure y'all follow my man, John 2 Randall, a.k.a. JT the Poet, on all social media outlets. And uh, by all means... You already know. Tune in to Panther Politics. You can follow me on all social media. Seven the Panther on Facebook. Seven the Panther two five three on Instagram. At Seb the Panther on Twitter because my name is just too damn long. <laughs> and uh, as always, thank y'all for tuning in. I wish y'all the best. I hope you're staying safe out here in this pandemic. Keep your hands washed. Keep your mask on. Stop bitching. You know what I'm saying? So we can get this shit over with and we can get back to business. Panther Politics. Seven the Panther. Out. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. It's funny seeing the waves moving. I like that. (laughs) You know what it is. This is Panther Politics. I'm your host, Seven the Panther, a.k.a. Young Bunch of Carter, a.k.a. We won't get into all of that. Reporting to you live from the 253, Tag Town. We in the building. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I I have a repeat 
uh, repeat guests, but I mean, when you have a good guest who gives good answers, it's always good to bring them back to find out what's going on new with them. So I got my man, John 2 Randall, back in the building. It's JT the Poet, John 2 Randall, but JT the Poet, you know what it is? JT the Poet. Let me remember that. Yeah. Okay, JT the Poet. Yeah. I'm so used to, yeah, I'm just, I get so used to seeing your name on Facebook. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I put the, uh... I ain't put the little moniker up there yet. I feel you. Yeah, they actually made me change mine. My, my my Facebook page used to be Seven and Panther. Yeah, no, like, then they made me change it to yeah. a bunch of content. Yeah, they was like, we need you to use a real name. Yeah, that is my that is my out, name. Yeah, then when they find out it's like linked to the Black Panthers, they'll take that down. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's coming. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, you know how Facebook be right now. Oh yeah, man, yeah. Zuckerberg no, is a off, Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. Before we kick off, look, congratulations to everything you've been doing, man. Those videos are thank filthy, you. man. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you. Shout out to Echo Entertainment, my man Sean Odell, Eric America. Uh, uh, McNess, yo, thank y'all so much for everything. Cause yeah, I, I just saw that uh, 6 a.m. video. Oh, that came out so good. Yeah, I was I, like, oh. I like that you put the single out that you, that you did first, but I remember when you put that out and had me review it. Or just oh, yeah, no it, doubt. Yeah, yeah. And me and you both said 6 a.m. would be the lead. Oh, yeah. But I'm really glad to see everything came through because the way you did those videos tells like a story. That was And, I, and that was also the reason why I did it in reverse mm-hmm. because I was like, okay, Demons is like an internal thing. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, believe is me trying to find my find myself in the midst of all of this. And then, you know, demons is what, you know, it, it, with it starting with, I can feel it when I'm sleeping, but they speak when I'm wide awake. That whole thing. And then it goes into 6 a.m. Because now, now I'm wide awake at 6 a.m. And what am I doing? Smoking and drinking because, yeah, see, because yeah. of my demons. So like, <laughs> yeah, see, it totally fits in there, though. But those beat, that beat selection totally fits your voice now. I can see the story now. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, Quest, what up, man? Thank you. Thank you for lacing me with, with the good stuff. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> so what have you been... I mean, I know with the pandemic and all, it's been kind of yeah. hard to do anything. Oh, but... Honestly, like everybody else, I've caught the COVID-20. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> No, I've just been writing, but I've uh, I've started working more exclusively with UBO Entertainment. No doubt, it's not just a magazine anymore. We're a whole entertainment company now. Oh, I'll, wow. talk, I'll okay. talk to you about that off air too. No doubt, no doubt. But uh, yeah, so I've been working more with them. Kind of stepped away from much love to uh, you know Wilson Block and all that, and I'm still there for them when they need something. But my energy's kind of gone towards UBO right now. No doubt. But um. Yeah, I've been working with them. I've been just jotting down stuff because, you know, I don't know if you've had this problem. As an artist right now, it's hard for me to write something and have it come out right right now. Yeah, I, I've noticed that because, um, like, I'm, I'm trying to finish. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done writing it, so that part is done, I will say. But, like, it was harder. After I finished K4G, it was harder for me to delve into the next project because it was just, like, it's easy for me to do it when things are moving. Right. You know, when things are moving, it's like I'm getting fresh inspiration all the time. And but and it's hard to find fresh inspiration in a stagnant world. Right. You know and like, I'm, I'm a delivery driver in my day job. So it's like I see all this shit going on right now. I see the public. But it's like all I can write about is like zombified people right now. Yes. Just, just, I'm not doing that. And I, I, I like to make mention of the, uh, the irony of the fact that everyone's wearing a mask. And I'm like. Now, there's a point in time when they, they do were considered a criminal or you were up to no good or something yeah. else because you had a mask on. And now it's like everybody got to wear it. And so The fucked up thing is, it's like I'm out every day wearing it, but there's still times I'll get out of my car and forget to put it on and realize it. And oh, yeah. I have to walk back and grab it. Oh, and, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel it, though. It's like I start laughing when they're like, oh, well, you have to wear a mask. I'm like, can I wear a Raider jersey, too? You know, exactly. <laughs> Remember, we was gang members back then. that. <laughs> That's crazy, man. It's a whole new world, though, man. It's like... Oh, yeah. You, and you can see how people are, like, splitting on it, though, too. It's like you got people that are apocalyptic about shit. You got people that are 
I don't know, really encouraging about it. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of, like, stuck in the middle, though, because I look at it like this. New world, new transition, but we are all blessed, especially as artists. We get to see the transition of a new period. Absolutely. So we get to record that. Our voices are the important ones right now. And it's, it's definitely changing the um, artistic landscape because, I, I, I you know, realistically speaking, I, if I hear one more song about COVID, I might throw up. <laughs> If I hear one more quarantine track, I'm going to Earl. Like, I just, I'm like, dog, like, I understand that that's what's happening, but find a deeper, deeper meaning in it and, and talk about that. Like, don't, like, you surface scratches saying. Yeah, and don't, don't conspiracy theorists either. Don't do that. Please either. don't. Please don't. There's people actually dying, and I, I need you to take this halfway serious. Yeah, Please. exactly. That's all. I, I tell people, though, they're like, well, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. I'm like, you know, this happened like 100 years ago, right? Just read what they did, because we followed the same mistakes. Yeah. I mean, like, like literally the same cities did it. San Antonio and Philadelphia caused the uh, resurgence of it a hundred years ago. Same two did it this year. Jeez Louise. That and see, that's the and that's the thing. It's a. I'm not as worried about. Um, and I work. I work in a field where we, you know, I haven't had any off. Like I'm only off because it's my day off. But like, I feel um, <laughs> I haven't been off during this pandemic thing. As a matter of fact, I've worked more hours than ever before because of it. But same. It's like. I don't think I don't think some people are taking the, the possibility that this could go on and like rearrange the structure of our lives for an infinite amount of time if we don't just do what needs to be done to get it under control. The sad part about it is it's not just that because we're seeing a new shift to everything, but the way it's being run right now. Oh my goodness! We're, we're going to be the last ones to get like get it cured anyway because everybody else is. Everybody else's uh, numbers have gone down. Oh, yeah. While ours have, we're spiking again. And I tell people, fall is when you're really going to watch it because that's the second wave coming in the fall. Exactly, because it's not going to be as warm. And I think the heat <clears throat> is, is helping. But the, but the heat's going to go away. Summer doesn't last forever. <laughs> so, like, I, I think that if the government was going to do something effective, June to, you know, September was the period where they should have done it and just did what needed to be done and then i'm mean, but of course the public has to help with that yeah and that's um, the thing everybody's so individualistic here yes so it's like i understand not trusting the government can look what they've done to a lot of shit but you know we can agree on like some basic facts here like you know two plus two is four right you know wear a mask cover your mouth when you cough wash your hands <laughs> it's easy it's easy peasy like and people are making it harder than it has to be now speaking of the government <laughs> I mean, you know, that that's a tragedy all in and of itself, but it's a parody of itself. This is true. Um, I mean, it's it's I kind of like, okay, so I'm going to the polls to vote in November for a president and I have to choose between um Kermit the Frog and Porky Pig. Which one is a better choice? Neither actually. But we fucked either way. It's just a matter of do you want it, you know, lubricated or not? Yeah, here's the thing. Exactly. You got the uh, asshole who blatantly says it. Yeah. Or the guy who's legislated it for the last 40 years. Yeah, you know. It just won't say it out loud. Yeah, I'm cool with the with the half-black president and his black wife, and I was the vice president for them, and that makes me look really good, except for the fact that I don't really care about yeah. <laughs> about what happens with, with people of color. Yeah, um, I mean, look at how that looks, though. Like, the best thing he could do to win is to just not be seen right now, which is... Thanks. I mean, come on. I thought he cost himself the vote completely when he did that interview with Charlemagne. Oh, my God. And he turned around and said, well, you, you ain't, ain't black, black if you don't vote, vote for me. <laughs> it's like, what now? What if we vote for Kanye West? <laughs> oh, God, there's <laughs> another one down the shit. Although, he had make me laugh, not in the fact that he's having a mental breakdown. Oh, yeah. As he's part of it. it. But he's at the same it. time, 
on top of the mental breakdown, maybe he realistically is finding some center of religion and all that. Maybe he is. But the fact is that I don't trust that all the people that criticize him, and by that I mean like Fox News, the right wing, right. all the people that criticize him are now on his side pushing for him. It's like, it you're you in something. a weird world. It tells you something. And I, I I asked someone the other day, I said, do you do you not think, I was like, you know, Kanye and Trump are cool, you know? Kanye running for president isn't going to affect Trump. Gonna it's going to affect Biden. It's going to affect the other side. Yeah, it's going to affect Biden. So, like, you know, as much as I wanted Bernie to be the guy. Yeah. And, come on, they exposed themselves right there because they cheated out it. Cheated him out of it, what, a second straight time? A second time, time yeah. Absolutely. Doing the same thing? Because yeah, he had Hillary beat. He had Biden beat. He had everybody beat. He but had they, everybody they beat by so like 13 points. They're afraid like, of him, man. They're like, oh, socialist government, what? Would it be really be that bad, logically, to build something from the bottom up rather than the top down? No, it makes perfect sense. But, of course, we're in a land where perfect sense is perfectly senseless mm -hmm. so <laughs> it's, it's just and then the they reality also the gotcha questions in there too so it's like yeah <laughs> not every candidate's gonna be a hundred percent with people like put it this way as much as i like bernie and i wouldn't actually be uh affected by this honestly because you know, i'm born out of country but right. he was actually against uh reparations for the most part he you know he, he proposed some stuff right but he, he was against uh police reform as it's being proposed I can see. I mean, I think <clears throat> me personally, I've always felt that um, police reform is is a bad idea. I think you need to demolish it completely and, and rebuild it. Exactly. And I think I think reform of any kind at this point is a cop out. I was like, what really needs to happen is we need to put everything on pause for like three months. Everything. Everybody, keep doing that. your usual thing. Keep doing what you do. Go to go to work. Make your money. Do what you do for three months. But the government. In, its, in and of itself would not be functioning for three months. And the reason why is because we need to take this structure away, eliminate the structure that's in place, reevaluate re everything, kick everybody out and start over. Kick everybody out. I don't care who they are. Get out. Mm -hmm. And we're going we're gonna to hold fresh elections with fresh eyes. If you've been in the Senate for more than 30 years, you've been in the Senate in, for more than 20 years, you're out of here. You gotta go. You can't even run to be reelected. Right. I mean, go. <laughs> on, on that note, R.I.P. John Lewis. But yeah, R.I.P. John like, Lewis, no doubt. Even though he'd been there for like what forty years. Yeah, and I, I, even him, I'd be like, bye. If yeah, he was still around, I'm bye. Because we all know that once you're in that position, you come in with the right ideas, but then it comes on to how do I hold my power? It's not about helping my constituents. It's about holding myself to the next cycle. Then exactly. I'll do it. Then I'll do it. Yeah, but then. You the next cycle it. starts, and then you're worried about the next cycle. So it never, it still never happens. Yeah, it, it's a parody right now. The whole thing. That the best part about it, though, is we're seeing the cracks of everything. Oh yeah. Like we're seeing it all fall and hopefully rebuild or correct itself. Yeah, and I like I like that the protests have been uh, effective in uh, in some form making police, you know, bringing the police situation to the forefront and kind of there are some changes taking place that are good. Um, there's some that are taking place that I think are dumb. And there are other things that are taking place that have no real significance whatsoever other than they look good. Like, all the pulling down statues and all that shit, okay, cool. It's, cool. it's nice. Down it's cute. Yeah, it's yeah. cute. But taking down that statue doesn't take away what that statue represents because right. it's institutionalized into the fabric of the country at this time. So, like, taking away that statue, as a matter of fact, I'd rather you leave the statue and change the country. Although my question on top of that, though, is... Why did Nathan Bedford Forrest have a fucking statue when he was the first Grand Wizard of the KKK? 
Like, Be- because he was the first Grand Wizard of the KKK. Yeah, but they're sitting there saying, like, oh, no, he was a good horseman or something like that. It's like, no, that's not no, it. No, that's not it. No, <laughs> no, that's not the reason. Because I know a whole lot of people who are great with horses. Yeah. They don't have statues. The funniest part is when they ask the descendants of, like, you know, Robert E. Lee and all that, and they're just like, yeah, take this shit down. <laughs> <laughs> we don't give a fuck, take it down. <laughs> we don't like him anyway. <laughs> exactly. You know? Like, that's the biggest irony of it all. It's like, well, let's ask our family members. They're like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, take that shit down. We don't care. Like, like, everything we need to remember him by, we have here. Like, I mean, here's the thing, and I, I fully agree with this part of it. If you're going to take him down, that's step one. But, you know, you want to preserve history? Let's appease the other side in this sense. I do agree. Put it in a goddamn museum. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, don't have it out in for, for public, you know, viewing every day. Mm-hmm. Make people have to go somewhere to see it because... Um, I don't need I don't need a constant reminder of I mean I, I my life is a constant reminder but at the same time I don't need to see constant <laughs> symbols of of oppression you know what I'm saying of of a history of oppression and and that this is crazy because you know, we deal with the cops of runaway slave patrol you feel me so like that's you get a reminder every day when you see them ride past and you I'm, ride past them with, I mean we all know this and like I guess it's getting to other sides but like if a cop even pulls in behind me. I'm sitting there, and I tense up, and I kind of keep an eye on him until he, like, either turns oh, yeah. off or pulls me over. Oh, yeah. If a cop get behind me, the first thing I start thinking is, where am I? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is there somewhere I can get off this road? Exactly. And if I, like, I sometimes I'll make a turn I don't even need to make just to see if they follow me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then um, my, my biggest priority is generally getting somewhere well lit where a lot of people are present. So I'll pull into a store parking lot quickly. Mm. Like, and I'll be like, dog, I don't care if you follow me and ask me why I did it if I was trying to avoid you. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid you because you motherfuckers make me nervous. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, now I'm not I'm not riding dirty. I don't have nothing in my car you need to know about. I don't have no weapons on me. But I'm black. This is America, and you are the police. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, oh, they need to uh, get more training. No, they're doing exactly what they're trained to do. Absolutely, yeah. Because we see it between uh, a Dylan Roof or one of those shooters. Woo! And, like, just somebody who uh, gets pulled over. I saw one. The guy got pulled over for, like, a, what was it, a failure to signal. And the cop's getting all, like, you know, the guy's filming it. The cop gets all, like, putting his hair up and everything. He goes, all right, well, he's not following my orders. He smiles at the camera goes, watch this, puts him in that chokehold. And the guy's screaming, I guess they settled it. But still, that chokehold alone to get that knee in your neck. And I've actually had it on my neck for five seconds. Oh, yeah. I know how that I know how that feels. Like the thing is, when that I, I'm actually gonna put it this way: when that thing in Minnesota happened, right, and we all saw that, whew, it did bring this conversation to the forefront. The problem with it now is the whole thing's been co-opted; it had nothing to do with them anymore. Yeah. Uh, um. Hell, I very rarely hear George Floyd's name, George Floyd's name anymore. Right. And the only reason why we still hear Breonna Taylor's name is because the, the officers who murdered her still have not been arrested, which is a fucking travesty. Plain clothes officer coming on under no knock warrant, which should be illegal to begin with, because what they say, oh, the boyfriend shot us. You're in plain clothes kicking my door in at midnight. Yeah, what the fuck you think I'm going to do? And on top of it, you're going for a guy that was already arrested seven hours earlier. That doesn't even live at this address. Exactly. But come on, we, we know that they never make a mistake. Look, they. Look what happened with Ayanna Jones. They went to the wrong house. Yeah, we're going way back to like 2010 with that one. Not only that, or, you know, or of course they could just come in your house and shoot you because you, they think it's your, they think it's their house. 
Botham John. You know, they could do that. I mean. <laughs> then they turn around and be like, well, he was rolling a joint. I don't give a fuck what I was doing in my house. Yeah, I'm in my house. <laughs> Minding my business. And what are you doing? You don't live here. Yeah. Why are you here? Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, he was rolling a blunt. Well, you were down in a bottle of wine. Tell me the difference. So, now the question I've always had in that scenario was, okay, so she went into the wrong house, killed the, killed the guy. Come to find out that her and the guy used to kick it. So, considering the fact that you and him used to kick it, was it, it was really pretty mistake? obvious that you knew that it wasn't your crib. Like, mm-hmm. you knew that. You knew where you were. And yet, you only got 10 years for killing a man in cold blood. The thing that pissed me off more about that was, not just that, because it went international with it, you know, his mom and everything. Absolutely. The brother. I mean, I can't dictate what somebody does, but the uh, optics of it. The brother in court getting up there saying, can I hug her? It's like, you're going to hug the killer your brother yeah, i hope they whooped his ass when he got back to the hood like you know i mean i just i hate not you know i hate to be that guy but i really hope somebody fucked him hey, up they're from the island too. so we'll see yeah no doubt i mean that's that's crazy man so now as as artists we have a responsibility of sorts some artists will not agree with me when i say this because they prefer to party and bullshit and i'm not mad then we need them to yeah sure why not no, they're, they're necessary yeah. too because we can't be serious all the guys yeah, no doubt. like we we know we, i always tell people it was like, man, Kelly, Nelly and KRS-One. And I'm like, well, yeah, but you need both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, KRS-One isn't as impactful without a Nelly. Right. You know what I'm saying? If everybody's KRS-One, KRS-One doesn't stand out as much. If and everybody's public enemy, yeah. is public enemy as powerful? Yeah. And, and in his defense, Nelly actually could rhyme for what he was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say that all the time. I say, Nelly's way more talented than we give him credit for. He just doesn't do what we do. You know what I'm saying? He, he does something different. The song he did with Quali after um, Trayvon Martin. Oh, Nelly that was had, dope. Yeah. Nelly had a verse I did not expect oh, yeah. that shit. Nelly, and you know, talented guy, man. But I mean, like, right now is the perfect time for us to let our voices be heard. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but we we can express what many of the people who got a march, but they don't speak, or the people who sit in their houses and watch it and try to help in other ways. They, you know, they go fund, you know, they send money to the GoFundMe's, they send cash out money, whatever they do. A lot of people have helped in silent ways, but sometimes they need a voice, and we're supposed to be that voice. Isn't that what we've always been, though? It's like we've always taken that uh, communal anger and given it a coherent message. Absolutely. So do you feel like, is there more pressure? Like, when you put the pen to the paper now, is it, do you feel more pressure to, like, say something? Like, say something? Like, because you always yeah. say something important, but I'm yeah. saying, like, does yes it? Yes and no. I mean, yes, because at this point people expect it. Right. Because just because of the time we're in and how I wrote before. But um, I'd say, like, no. Actually, well, let me rephrase that. I think a lot of the pressure on that is the pressure I put on myself. Because right. as artists, the minute I start writing something that sounds like something I've written before, I don't really like it. Absolutely. I feel you. And with everything going on right now, it sounds like shit that I wrote two, three years ago. Like, I, I actually made a joke the other day that was like, all the stuff that I wrote that I put in that book, I go, that was supposed to be a warning, not a blueprint. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. And that's that's the scary part about it. And then I, and I laugh because I get a lot of questions. Um, as soon as Minnesota popped off, when are you going to do a George Floyd song? I'm not. And then, then you know, then uh, Amar Arbery jumped off. When are you yeah. going to do it? I'm not. not. <laughs> I already did that. One, one, is, <laughs> one is overload because every day almost. And two, it's like, I'm going to go with Chappelle's line on this. They don't actually need me to speak on that part because they're doing it right now. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, there's other aspects of it that have to be addressed. And I think that that's where 
um, most artists where we come into play at right. this point. You know, what I'll, I'm I'll write when the movement's already going and like when they're already doing the groundwork and the hard work. I'll put my voice to it, but I'm actually commemorating them. Right. Exactly. Instead, of, as opposed to me having to let people know, hey, this happened. You, know, you don't need me to do that because you already know what happened. It's everywhere. You can't get away from it. Right. Um, now there was, um, you know, we're in, we're in Tacoma, um, but our big brother city to the north, uh, <laughs> Seattle, they had they did they did a thing out there, and I mean, for better or for worse, they did a thing out there, and and it was a beautiful thing that they did. Um, you saw the reaction to that beautiful thing. Yeah, the reaction was exactly what I expected it to be. But... Me, me too. And here here's something for all the. Uh... No big government, no federal troops. What do you think about that? Unmarked people basically kidnapping people. Yeah. And what was it? They dragged a guy in Portland. They threw him in that van. They tried to trace a van. The van traced back to Mexico or yep. New Mexico. And the guy, they released him, thank God. But he's like, yeah, I don't know where they took me. I didn't even know I was under arrest. They just let me go. That's crazy. And that's not, and that should not See, be a, a legal process. No, that, it technically isn't because this is a testing ground, I'm saying, because... Right. To send federal troops into, like, local jurisdictions, that's, uh, what, violation of the 18th? Right. Absolutely. It's like, you can't send federal troops in to do that. <laughs> but they do. And uh, as soon as he said, as soon as our esteemed orange headpiece said... <laughs> Agent Orange would say it. Yeah, as soon as Agent Orange said, when the looting starts, the shooting starts, I knew that there was about to be trouble. You know where that comes from, right? 1967 in Miami, the... Uh, Yep. What was it? That politician or whatever <laughs> said the same thing, and he yep. was tied to segregationism. I forgot his name. Absolutely, yeah, I know. Yeah, oh my god. And it was right because here's the thing: he gave us the uh, Watts riots, the Detroit riots, and basically the Great Depression and everything else. The only thing we're missing is a famine. That's it. But I got a feel that that might be. No, that, that's that's around the corner. Yeah, it's right around the corner because. <laughs> He when you get to the, the point where you, when you limit people, that you start limiting the farmers and, and making them have to grow this or have to grow that, or you have to use these. You can only grow with these seeds, yeah. And you can only provide yeah. this much to you know, far as local economy. Yeah. Goes. And on the flip side of that, though, is uh, with all the food, we got people in the streets that are hungry, of and course. farmers are throwing food away because they can't sell it. Wouldn't an easy solution to that be tie it to the SNAP program and have them go to community markets so people can go and get it on their food stamps? That way, everybody eats, literally. Yes. And, you know, the farmers still make their money, and they're not going under cost. Exactly. I mean, but that'd be too simple of a solution, right? I'll and not only that, strokes. but it also, it also helps strengthen the economy, which is something that is supposed and to be lo- happening. Yeah, and localized communities, because if I know the guy I'm buying it from, I'm probably going to go and get more business for him. Exactly. They don't see they're doing everything they can to keep this division. Oh yeah, because as long as they, the, the longer they keep us in the local area separate from each other, it's easier to separate the entire country at that point. Okay, we can start here, or we separate them. Okay, separate them. Okay, separate them. Oh, bam! Now we got everybody. It's yeah. either on one side of the fence or the other. See, it's a divide and conquer thing. So that's why I laugh when people go, "How did Hitler come to power? How did nobody say anything?" I sit there and laugh. I'm like, "I don't know. Look around." Yeah. They don't have to say anything that's real. They gotta turn around and play to your emotion. And that's all they do. And that's all uh, Agent Orange does. Because uh, he has no other skills. He has no facts. To, I'll, I'll give to... him this. He is actually a, the one thing I'll say he's brilliant on. He is a fantastic marketer. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. so Barnum and Bailey, but he was a piece of shit too. You know, but yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, so is Walt Disney. But fuck you. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that too. <laughs> Man, it's like, I swear sometimes I think that this is like a, a, a 
bad dream. Me too. And one day I'm going to wake up and be like, oh, that wasn't really happening. Okay, cool. But we'll all wake up like we're in the Matrix, it's like we've been hooked into the machine. Yeah, but it's August, and 2020 is basically a wash. So, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, enough, respect to, enough respect to all of the artists and other people who have found a way to keep pushing through in this pandemic. I, I applaud you. Uh, you artists who are, like, holding on, like, I'm going to just wait till it's over. You don't know how long that's going to be, and, uh, I, and I would advise you not to do that. Yeah, and I, if you're going to do that, focus on something to build your bag up and promote yourself in another way. Absolutely. the brilliant thing that I've seen right now and the thing that I always go to encourage is uh, a lot of the rappers I've known, a lot of the ones that I've covered have gone into making the masks or making their clothing line and going other directions. And I bought a few from, you know, a couple of them. Right. So it's like, I'm actually... I say for every bad thing, there's a good thing coming out of that, and that is everybody who lost their job. Some of us are fortunate to still have one, but for those who lost their jobs, this was the time to be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to invest in myself now, see what happens. Yeah. What else do I really have to lose? Exactly. And then you you know, this, then you know, do that, and you do what you're supposed to do, and things go well, and then the pandemic is over, and you're like, you know, I really don't have to go back to that job now. No, now I got this form of income. Yeah. Maybe I can get a brick-and-mortar store or something. Yeah, you know, and it... it so I, I don't know, man. Like, what is? I know you say you do delivery. So like, when you're out and about, what is like one of the biggest changes? Like, the, the obvious is of course the masks and you know people's kind of staying away um, from each other. But one of the biggest changes is honestly people's attitude. It's uh, it's just it's in a dark place. Yes. Like I've had very good days lately to where they'll talk and stuff because you know if I'm giving you if I'm delivering you flowers or something I actually like talking to the customer for a second. Right. But. It's like people are just, they're locked in their house and they don't want to see anybody. And a lot of these uh, deliveries are surprises from, you know, other family members or something like that. Right. So there's been times I've gone up there and they're just like, well, who's that from? It's like, I don't know. They don't give me that information. So it's uh, dealing with people's attitudes, oh, basically. Yeah. That's one of the biggest changes. But honestly, on the, uh, on the good days... Because, you know, for most of the bad days, when you have that good day when, you know, somebody comes out and talks to you and it's like their kids are out playing and all that, and you kind of have a repertoire with them, those remind you of the good times because they'll be there like, you know, I'll make a delivery to one house and then like a week later make it to the same house. And I'll, I always make a point to remember something I talked about last time with them. No doubt. That way I can pick it up and, you know, kind of have like a connection with them. Oh, yeah. And, and that makes it, that not only normalizes it for, for you, but for them as well. Yeah. It feels like a normal interaction with yeah. a person, not just some not just, thing that's happening yeah. because the world is in flux right now. You but know at saying? the same time, I mean, I deliver flowers and do groceries and all that for them, but our business actually kind of went up when all this happened. Whenever I talk in the house, you got a lot of I'm sorry bouquets coming out after about a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh... The thing that scares me, I, I'll, actually, no, I'll tell you that's the biggest change is making a delivery to a hospital. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, we used to go up to the room and give it to them. Now we can't go past the first floor. We got to get our temperature checked. And I go into the hospital so many times a day that they don't even check my temperature anymore. They're just like, they can the front desk and leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're not sick, man. Just go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, we checked you already. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel that because, you know, in my, in my line of work, um, we deal with... Uh, I work with DDA clients, you know, mm. DDA adults. And, you know, we have to take them to, to, to doctor's appointments. And for a while, we weren't doing that unless it was an emergency. Uh, we couldn't take them. So, like, now that it's to the point where we can take them again, you know, we we, uh, we take them. And, like, the problem is, like, I'm a supervisor of sorts. So there's a staff in the house, then there's me. Mm. So we go to the doctor. Like, we took a, a client to the doctor Friday. We went in. 
he went in and I, I was like, okay, boom. They was like, no, only one of y'all can go back. I'm like, what? And like, yeah, only one of y'all can go. And I was like, well, you work directly with them, you go. Um, and I, I just, it just feels weird. Everything feels right. so strange because even going to a restaurant, which people are doing now, you know, yeah, they're going. Yeah, with the 10 seats out. And yeah, you know, and it's, I was like, dude, part of the joy of going to, part of the fun of going to a restaurant, ooh, pardon me, part of the fun of going to a restaurant is I'm sitting here and you may be sitting at a table across from me and we're having our conversation, you guys are having your conversation, but then somehow, some way, something gets said or something occurs and now, boom, I'm having a conversation with somebody I don't even know mm-hmm. at a table across from me and now I've just made a new, maybe not a new friend, but a new acquaintance at yeah, least. Yeah, or at least I got a new story for that night. And see, yeah. As an artist, we go out and we check out the atmosphere, the ambiance of a place because a lot of times we'll get our ideas overhearing something. Exactly. So yeah. with this shutdown, we got to, you know, dig a little deeper and let's put it this way. As artists, we may do something that people love when we write it, but we're a lot of times, we're not the most stable people ourselves. Man. Like, that's why we write it out, because if we held it in. <laughs> Man, that's that was the whole premise behind K4G. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, yeah, I, I, like, I, I saw that when I was like, I was like, I need to let this out well, now. Since we actually work in similar fields, though, what's the biggest change you've noticed? Because you have a direct contact oh, with patients. Um, just... I think the I think I think a lot of it goes to the mind, but to the mindset. But it happened over time. Like even the, the clients were, at first were like, oh, "Okay, cool, no big deal." Uh, and then it started getting more serious, and we had to start taking more steps. So it's now okay. As soon as you get in the house, wash your hands, take your temperature. Da da da. Okay, now uh, we understand it. Da da da. But fuck that. From now on, wear a mask at all times in the house. And so now you got the staff sitting around that you're used to talking to and being free willy with. And now they're sitting there with this mask on, and you can barely understand them. And it's right. just a lot of it's a lot of uh it's so many changes that have occurred then the medications um some of them are getting extra medications to, to boost their immune systems because of their health issues and that goes into other stuff too because they're holding medication back on top now exactly so i mean it's like it's a mess man and i i i, I honestly can say i think we've lost three clients to, to COVID mm. um since, since it started r.i.p to those people yeah man and it's been it's been rough but the, but the reality of the matter is with all of the clients we have and this is no disrespect to the three who passed away but that three is a very small number in comparison to the number we have which means that we're doing a very good job and right. the three who were exposed were exposed because they had people that came to work with them that weren't from that are work for our company but work for another company as well have you, know you noticed saying? carelessness with the bosses though because oh hell yeah it works yeah because with <laughs> ours we like here's how I I'm kind of egotistical in the fact that I can't get this stupid ass pandemic disease because um, three times and one of them just came out last week three times they sent me to a place and after I made the delivery they're like oh by the way that that person you delivered to that you handed it to was positive they've done it to me three times by the way I was like, well, and that's something you probably should have told me before. Yeah, I went. beforehand, <laughs> like that. Uh, one of the uh, one of the facilities, like care facilities, I delivered to, came up positive for it with half of their staff, and I actually got questioned by half of their damn staff. And uh, the other one was uh, Fred Meyer on 19th Street. Two of them got, you know, tested positive, and I was sent there to, you know, do uh, an order. So it's like you're sending me into places that I don't know if you guys know it at the time. But you're sending us into places that we're at risk every day, yet you're not going to give us hazard pay or anything else. Because my, I'm not even going to say the name of my company because I'm going to say this. They put in for the uh, the PPP, you know, the extra money for the employees and all that. Right. But then turned around and said, 
we're going to give it to you on a merit basis because we're not sure you deserve it. I was like, okay, um, if I walk away from this bitch today and I go and the head force walks away from this bitch today, you got nothing here. It's like, we make this shit run. You really want to go with that one? No, they don't because they don't want to do the work. Exactly. And there's a there's a there's a large section of you know, the funny thing about it is when you think about it and, and the way it's been running, every picture I see of Trump or Pence or anybody in their cabinet, they're not wearing masks. None of them. Pence was in a hospital. Not wearing shaking people's hands, uh hugging people. I was sure he's gonna go the way no of masks. Bo- I was sure he's gonna go the way of Boris Johnson in the UK because he was doing that shit too, and then he got it. Yeah. And so I mean, you know, it's now those are, that's one of the things that make me think is this shit bullshit uh, yeah no I, I'm with you on that because it's like certain people are getting it certain others aren't the Carol songs really aren't and that's kind of weird that's weird yeah but it's like I don't I don't know they're using the way they're using it they're pushing so much behind it like this is a cover for everything oh yeah like I I think they're idiots for the most part but they do have some true to it, but all those people, oh, this is how they bring the New World Order in and all this other shit. It's like, you know, I get what they're getting at, but this is just, this seems too simple for that, for one. Yeah, and it's too easy for people to ignore. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a pandemic, blah, 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 but you know how easy it is to just take the mask off your face and be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm doing what the fuck the I want to do. The numbers <laughs> seem low because the only people really give a damn is if they know somebody who's affected by it. So right. if they're like, oh, well, I don't know anybody that died. Okay, that sounds good because most of us don't. Some of us do. But when you look at the numbers, and I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but what is it? 150, what was it, 150 million or something like that? It oh, passed yeah. away. And they say it's up to like 1,000 a day. That's just crazy. Yeah, and the thing is just the people that are really going to stand up for it are the ones that you know are related to them. Oh, yeah. The ones that see it. Oh, yeah. But most of us, we don't know anybody who has it, so it's like it's a cold dust. They're compared to the swine flu, and the only way that you can do that is, it's part of the same family. It's part of the like SARS COVID family. That's the only right. comparison. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a couple of people who who had it. Um, one of my best friends used to be my roommate in Winston Salem. He um he had it. He's a he's a chef in um, Atlanta, and you know he he's a chef to a lot of important people. And it, it just so happens that out of out of nowhere, you know, he does a cooking show and everything, and he's he cooks. He used to cook in the Georgia Dome, you know nice, what I'm saying? Nice. So it was a, uh, you know, out of the blue, he was like, "Yo, man," he was like, "Just one day, I was like, not feeling good. I just felt like maybe I was just a little tired. So I, you know, I laid down, and the next day I had like chest pains, and the next day I'm like coughing, and I can't breathe real well, and and I was like, man. So it, he's like, yeah, it built up over like maybe the course of a week or so. Like the symptoms kind of just kind of built See, up. See, and to that's hard to go on to too, go. though, because I've. I've had those exact symptoms, and honestly, after I got it moved around, they were gone. Right. So, and so that's what he said. He tried to, you know, try to just shake it off, take take a little something for it, and just keep it moving. But he was like, after a while, he was like, I realized it wasn't working, and I, I went to the doctor. And now the part that worries me is I've seen too many reports where nurses who work in hospitals have said, "Dog, we we sent the swab back there, and we never swabbed anything, and it came back positive." Mm. And I was like, "Wait, you sent the swab that was never used?" And, and it, it came, came back, back positive. That's weird. Like that shit is crazy. So, um, that is one of the things that make me like make me feel some type of way. Not, I don't feel like it's a complete hoax, but mm. I feel like maybe the numbers are inflated. Yeah, they, I mean, I, I can see that because they are putting everything there as like a COVID death. I mean, for for uh, for instance, I'm not going to give damn Republicans any real credit on this, but you know, Herman Cain. I may not have liked him, but he went to that damn Tulsa rally. He caught it and died. Yes. 
But at the same time, what was pointed out to me is he'd just gotten over cancer. I'm about to say he had health problems already. Yeah. So yeah. Like... So what really took him out? Maybe the uh, COVID part was the final part that made him kick the damn bucket. Right. Because I mean, maybe surviving the cancer weakened him. Make, we, weakened his immune system, immune system to the system, point so... that you know he caught it and it took over. Really Although quickly. that that showed their fucking hypocrisy. Because once he was dead, not one mention of Herman Cain. Like I said, I may not like him, but it proved their point that they only used that man. When they needed that voice for that moment. Other than that, they threw him away. Oh, yeah. yeah man, nobody ever gave it's A dog died funny. of COVID, and he was, uh, the dog was trending above Herman Cain. Yeah. Yeah. That was some bullshit. And, not mean, surprising, you know, but. Not at all. Nah, when you think about where we are, like, this is. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about where we are, it's not surprising at all, man. So, I don't know. Like, there's a, like, if you had to take a wild guess, um, some people are, you know, I see some people who have shows booked in, like, October. Ladies and gentlemen, Tacoma's finest. That sounded excessive. Well, no Tacoma's reason. loudest, anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, um... So I've seen, seen some shows booked in, like, October. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of people booked way out because they were hoping that, you know, okay, maybe if we book it for October, by that point, it'll be cleared up enough that we can just go. Um, me, personally, I haven't taken any, um any real show offers like i've right. got some live stream stuff and i did you know i did the little small thing last night but it was probably maybe 12 to 14 live streams people. actually where i think everything's gonna go i mean i yes. was listening to uh npr uh, a while back probably when this first kicked off and all the artists are losing out on money because that's how they make their money so they were doing live stream and i was like if there's a way you could monetize that but then again it goes down to who's gonna pay even five dollars to watch up and see that's the whole glitch in the matrix like it makes sense for me to, to say, come to this club and pay the price of admission to come in and see me. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to say, sit at your house in front of your computer and on your Wi-Fi that you're already paying for, and then pay another $5 to, to watch, watch me rap. To watch, Yeah, watch me perform. The only advantage you get is that you can't get a DUI. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I mean, I, there are some that have been set up with, like, make donations. I yeah. know the one that Raz I think did was act- like that. that yeah, was I think that's dope. a way to go to a lot of platforms to go in that way, because this is going to be the new normal for, I'm going to... I'm going to say realistically until probably 2022 at the very least. Wow. Okay. Okay. That, I, and that, that's that's what I was gunning for because I like we have a potential like I said, tour next, next, next spring overseas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it sounds good. I was like, but dog, we can't even really book that yet because first of all, there's no international flights. Yeah, well. There are, but like, let's face it, America. Thanks to Agent Orange, America's been banned from every country. Yeah, we can't go nowhere. So, like, yeah, we can't. So, go yeah, nowhere. I mean, he did build the wall. We're just stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he kept his promise, people. Yeah. All of you Trump supporters, he kept his promise to y'all. He yep. built the wall. He named yep. it COVID nineteen. Yep. Mexico said none of us can come in. Canada said fuck y'all, and Europe said suck it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so we stuck. The only place we could probably go is Africa, which is probably the wrong place to go right now. So. You yeah, know. go ahead and tell them that because there's a place in Africa that's the right place to go. Yeah, there right <laughs> yeah, are some. Yeah, absolutely. And like Better Australia, absolute right place you can go to Australia or here's the thing, New Zealand. New Ze- that woman, the head of New the Zealand, prime, the prime minister over there. Yeah. yeah, they have out of this whole thing 23 cases out of all of it. They put pretty much kept it at a net zero. I now, love it. Now they're turning around and warning. Uh, Trump is warning everybody: watch out for the spread in New Zealand. What spread in New Zealand? <laughs> She handled it right. You're just mad that a woman did it better than you. Unless you're planning on doing something to make it spread in New Zealand. What are you doing? What are you up to? Like you sneeze on the Maori. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What are you up to over there? And it's crazy because I got I got a friend. Her and her brother and their mom. They live. They moved to New Zealand um, last year sometime. 
And so I ask, you know, I always ask any friends I have who live abroad, I ask them, you know, what's the, what is the impact of COVID where you live? Mm-hmm. You know, and I heard her brother, they're both like, what, what impact? Yeah, you know, exactly. I don't know what you're talking about. The like, thing is, is a lot of uh, billionaires are making that move to New Zealand. I've seen that. I've seen that pivot. They're all they're looking. Smart. They're smart because they're on a bunch of untapped land. Now, on the flip side, go to Australia right now and they're cracking down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, I think the population... The population is the population of America in and of itself, especially in major cities, is an issue. Because when you look at a city like, say, San Francisco, it pretty much looks like everybody lives on top of each other. Um, I feel like a lot of the houses here in Tacoma are way too close. Yeah, I um, see that. Seattle, way too close. Like um, Seattle, the streets are just messed up too. Yeah, it's just like hella narrow and hella narrow. <laughs> yep, the houses are too close. You got houses in the back of the alley. Yeah, you know. So I'm, I well, mean, it's like, the same down here too. But how do you stay? How do you stay safe and maintain quote unquote social distancing when everything is already so close together? You know, and that's I where they tell you basically stay in the house. You know, don't communicate with your neighbor. Take away the idea of neighborhoods. Exactly, because it's a summer. I mean. I don't care where you are. All, every time we grew up, we always had at least at least one fucking block party. Yeah. At least, you know, somebody always barbecuing. Have we had that in the last year? Not really, no. I mean, you have some people who have a little private gathering at their yeah. house every now and then. You know what I'm saying? A small number of people. Everybody got their masks on and their hand sanitizer and all that other bullshit. And, uh, oh, just in case you people are listening, hand sanitizer is not the fucking answer. Even the doctors are like, dude, washing your hands does more than the fucking hand sanitizer yeah, that, does. Hand sanitizer actually depletes a lot of the germ, or not germs, a lot of the bacteria that can help you. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, fuck just, hand sanitizer. If you're going to do that, just douse yourself with isopropanol. Yeah, you know, pour vodka on yourself. Yeah, and light yourself on fire while you're at it. No, I'm just... <laughs> hey, there's a new TikTok challenge, Al. Yeah, you feel me? You got 45 days before that gets taken away. Are they really going to do that? Uh, he says he signed the executive order. But you know why he did that whole thing? Because the TikTok people... Uh, Bought up all the free tickets, uh, the Korean pop stars. Oh, yeah. Bought up all the tickets, and nobody came to a damn Tulsa rally. So he didn't care that TikTok was owned by China. He cares that it embarrassed him. Yeah, basically. I think uh, my, my problem with Trump at this point is not even that. Um, ooh, I need to try for. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. All right. My bad. I'm multitasking, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize. I was uh, That was a message from my videographer. He shot a video for my son the other day, and he needs some information. So I'll take care of that when we're done here. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm i concerned. I, I'm worried about this whole NBA thing, this NFL thing. Like, why are y'all trying to do this right okay, now? You're talking about inflated numbers. I think the numbered with the COVID thing, I think they're downplaying them with the NBA because yes, they're doing it kind of the right way. You're in a bubble, but you can't leave. But if I'm on a team that's, you know, going for the playoffs and we're in a bubble and I'm at risk, you think I'm really going to play my hardest to get to a championship? Of course not. No, I want out. I'm trying to get the hell out of here so I can go home. Yeah. Look, look, at it, look at it like this. The baseball season is about to be canceled real fucking quick. Oh yeah. They about to be done with that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hate it for my Yankees cause we look good right now, but uh, yeah, fuck all that. We can look good next Here, here's year. Here's the thing. Football season coming up, right? There's no way. There's no way it's going to happen. There's too much contact in football. Mm-hmm. There's well, no social distancing. Like, you're literally right here with yeah. the motherfucker across. That's why they're announcing all these big moves. Because we're not actually going to see it come to fruition. Right. Like, well, what what they say? Uh, the Seahawks got rid of uh, Jadavian Clowney. But what they say? They're in the talks to get Clay Matthews. Yeah. Yeah, we'll never actually see that come to light. Nah. Even when they cool. sign him. <laughs> I, got a feeling that, that, I got a feeling that they're going to do all of this lead up. And they're gonna to get to the to the right to the precipice of the first game and be like, yeah, we can't do it. Yeah, we're gonna send and Russell gonna Wilson and Sierra out there to give the announcement. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that Russell Wilson will be the perfect person to make that announcement because nobody will get mad. See, at him. on the flip side, like, <laughs> how, like exactly, exactly. 
on the flip side, like so how Tom they Brady ignored Kaepernick, right? But now they've kind of embraced his message. Oh yeah. How embarrassing or how fucked up is it? And keep in mind, I love you know Seattle as a team, but how messed up is it the BET kicked off their war show with Russ giving that fucking message instead of Colin? Instead yeah. of Colin. And we Pete Carroll says. This is now Pete Carroll. You know I love you as a coach, sir. I think you do a great job. I think if we you overlook your USC shit, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll forget about that, and we'll forget about the fact that you didn't want Beast Mode to be the man, and you wanted to make Russell Wilson a superstar, and that's why you wanted to throw that. And now you're trying pass. to cover your track by bringing him back. Yeah, which I don't mind because shit. Yeah, everybody loves Marshawn, man. Why not? But you had an opportunity to sign Colin Kaepernick and be the voice of reason, and you keep saying how talented he is, and then you make the excuse to say the reason we didn't sign him is because he's a starting quarterback and we know he's not going to start for us. And I'm like, dog, if he goes anywhere in the NFL right now, he's not going to start. Yeah. If, if for no other reason, for political reasons, he won't that, be the starter. That was so you could have went ahead and signed him anyway. That was his excuse? Yeah. But, okay, well, here's the thing, because Pete does his little trick, because remember the second year he was here, he signed T.O. knowing he wasn't going to play. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if you even wanted a PR stunt, but I actually think that more John Snyder. Yeah, go ahead and sign him. <laughs> go ahead and sign him. Like, you know, at least make the statement. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Collins people said they he got to Seattle uh, to do the interview. They didn't ask him anything about football. Everything was about his position on politics and things of that nature. And da-da-da-da-da. He never even fo- got a chance to throw a ball. Yeah, Collins doesn't need football at this point, though, because he's taking all his money. And that's what really pisses him off. He's spreading it out to the community, and they hate that. Oh, they hate it, yeah. And he got all that money from Nike, and they are so mad about it. And Nike's still giving them that money. Yes. And that, that's why they get mad at, like, a LeBron James or something who got that Adidas contract for the rest of his damn life. For the rest of his damn yeah, $30 life. Yeah, $30 million a year for the rest of your life. And It don't get much better than that. Yeah, deal. <laughs> exactly. But he's the guy that's like, oh, no, we got to, you know, he's talking about, you know, standing up for this, standing up for that. And then they're like, well, what about the Taiwan protest? You know what? I don't know too much about that. Like, I know bits and pieces, but how hypocritical is this country? Because they're like, oh, we stand up for Taiwan. Then you crack down the same way China did when we do the same thing. Yeah. So it's not about, it's about who you can move on the chessboard. It's not about, like, people exercising their rights. Oh, yeah. I mean, Or their privileges, I should say. That's obvious because all of the, uh, all of the talk about looting and, and rioting and such and forth. And I was like, you do realize that the people who were out there initially marching, if you pay close attention, they're not the ones breaking windows and burning up shit. They, they're not the same people. It's another group of people no, that came. another group of people that came in and they tried to, to do pay, that. They tried to pin it on BLM, but I think I saw maybe one black guy participate. Yeah. It's like, look at the videos. It's not them. And uh, I think whatever this Antifa shit is, and, and like, from my understanding, Antifa's not even an organized movement. No, no, it's supposed to stand for, like, anti-fascist, which everybody on the surface is, that should make sense. Yeah. But at the same time, this is the funniest part, is uh, when people are like, oh, I'm against Antifa, it's like, okay, so the logical counter to that is... You support fascism? You support fascism? Well, they obviously do. Look at who we got. A I mean, yeah, dictator. Absolutely. Who's, <laughs> who's actually joked about maybe I'll be here for life. Yeah, I could think of a few people with a few really high-powered rifles that got a different idea. Yeah, exactly. Well, I got that flipping like back to what we said earlier. How could Hitler rise to power? Well, I don't know. Like I said. Maybe he was a good promo guy. Like the guy we he got right now. He was actually a good speaker. I actually had to do an article. They were testing me outside my comfort zone, so I had to do one like, how did he rise? And I will say, as much as I had to watch his fucking speeches... He was a good public speaker. He knew how to get people oh, yeah. pissed. And, and sometimes that's all you have to do. If you can appeal to people's main emotion 
and you know what that mo emotion is is that's it's necessary to push them to to be on your side. So with all of the racial division is going on, if you get in front of a crowd full of white people, what's the what's the perfect thing to do? Down down BLM, talk about how it's terrorism and da 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 da. The blah, dog blah, whistle blah. of uh, Trump actually used this recently. The dog whistle of uh, low income housing coming into the suburbs. Nobody wants to live in your suburban ghetto anymore. Nah, B, I'm good. Like, if I got to be in the... <laughs> but hood, we all know what that it. means. Black people are coming to the suburbs. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you know, you know, white flight has been a real thing forever. Mm. Anywhere black people start to congregate, white people leave. And if uh, people, if you paid enough attention, you would understand that you're a part of the problem if you're doing it. Mm. But if we learn how to live together, it kind of solves the issue. Because here's the thing at the end of the day. It's like, if you can sit there and talk to somebody, just talk. You, you ain't going to agree on everything, but nah. you're going to find a lot of common ground with, you know, everybody. You're going to find more common ground than you're not, so. Yeah, and I mean, we don't even have to be friends. Exactly. We can be cordial to each other and just have a great neighborhood. Exactly. That is diverse. Everybody kind of watch welcome. out for each other, but don't get into anybody's business. Yeah. You hear me, Karen? <laughs> yeah, Karen. <laughs> That's we're, another pandemic. We're just, we're just barbecuing here, Karen. You don't have to call the police. That's another <laughs> pandemic that popped up. Oh, man, bro, that... I'm, I'm gonna tell you that's some of the funniest shit ever. Yes, that's some of the funniest shit ever. I swear to God. You see like, the one in Seattle where uh, the woman starts crying hysterically. Oh yes. Yeah, oh, that God. was in Seattle. That was uh, that comedian dude. He oh, was the one oh, that got her. Oh shit! Okay, course, I didn't know who did yeah, it. Yeah, it was that comedian dude that was on one of those, uh, you know, smoke weed with a rabbi kind of thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and shout out to that series because the artist Kelly was on one of those series, and you heard about him. Oh yeah. Congratulations to the artist Kali. Big time, bro. Come on, brother. I'm so proud of him, man. Like, Me too, man. I'm, I'm glad to see cats that I feel like I came up. At the same like, time. I've been here four years. Yeah. So, like, the people I feel like I came through the pipeline with. Yeah, exactly. I like, love to see them flourishing, the, Like, man. with him in particular, he was literally my first interview after real life. Wow. He was my first one. He was the first one I reached out to. He was like, yeah, man. It's like, I actually met part of the dog pound because of him. Oh wow! Yeah, actually, I have. Uh, they have me on camera spitting one of my poems as they were doing their cipher. So. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so I met him and the, didn't think I'd remember. He's like, "Yeah, I'm in, you know, such and such near Tacoma or whatever at the time." I didn't think I'd see him again. I ran into him again, and then we just, like did the interview. And like now, whenever I see what he's done, I'll congratulate him on it. He's like, "Man, you're moving." He'll come back at me. You're moving too, man. Much love. I've seen how far you've come and all that. And it, it's good to see people. Like you said, that we came through the pipeline with. That yes. Are, you know, still showing the same love. Because yeah, honestly, man. on his album, which I think was completely slept on, let's face it. Man, yeah. That, tra that track that you did with him. Oh, I love that. That's I the one that song, I man. always play over and over again. I love that song. Man. I like the smoke of that song. But like, <laughs> that's, uh, man, like, it's, uh, you know, collaboration is, is... Okay, I'm about to make a statement that's going to sound, when you think about it at first, it's going to sound untrue. <laughs> but when I started examining track lists on albums i realized how true it was the art of the collaboration is 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 leaving and and it seems like there's more artists doing songs together but that's not really the case what's really happening is mainstream artists are starting to do what underground artists used to do mm -hmm. which was hey i know so and so we're cool let's do a song oh you know so and so we'll call him he can come through we can all do the song together now the mainstream artists are doing it and the underground is moving more towards uh, i'm gonna just do me and I applaud Real Cosby because he's good at reaching out to other artists and doing records with them. Right. Um, me personally, I'll, I'll admit I'm one of the one. I'm part of the problem, <laughs> and it's only because. Okay, 
I'm gonna make this statement very clearly, and I'm looking directly at the phone when I say this, because I want y'all to hear me clearly, artists, okay? I don't do a lot of collaborations because I get sick of waiting for you motherfuckers to send me the verse back. <laughs> That's all is that it is. Process? How long is that yeah. process usually? Um, okay, I'm, I'm gonna keep it 100. So, the reason why there were no features on K4G, well, Nah, let me not use that as an example because that's supposed to be a one producer. Yeah, that's that project. project that's, didn't that's, seem, if you yeah. had a feature on that, it wouldn't sound right, honestly. Right. And plus, the first Quest for Greatness, I had no features on. Like, mm. me and Quest, that's just our thing. Me and him, and that's it. Mm. But um, say, for instance, okay, so Shooting Stars 2, I'm working on it now to follow up to me and Trust One's first project. And as of right now, there are no features on it. And the reason why is because the, on the first one, I and now mind you, and I'm gonna make this plain for everybody that I'm not picking on people outside of my circle. These are people in my own crew. Here's the beat. Here's the concept. I wrote, I'm writing my verse right now. I went in, recorded my verse. Okay, my verse is done. Okay, hey, the hook's done too. I'm waiting on your verse. If it takes you more than a month to send me the verse back, just keep it. Because I already recorded another verse and I'm ready to put the song out and I don't need your okay, verse. If that's anymore. the case, just redraft a contract with and be like, okay, now I'm charging you this much. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I feel like we're losing uh, valuable momentum by not working together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's there, there's an artist who's rolling, 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 who knows an artist who's not able to get their engine going the way they need to and could really give that artist a boost just by saying, hey, come hop on the song with me. Right. You know what I'm saying? But they won't do it. Um, I'm, they're so afraid. I feel like people it, are so afraid or... of somebody taking their spot. You know what I'm saying? I'm, well, I've never had that. I, fear, I've so seen like... one of the acts that I cover. Um, uh, yeah, I'll just I'll give him some press right now because I always cover him anyway. No doubt. Uh, Travion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he actually got some more attention since he moved out of the state, which is how it always goes. Of course. Yeah. But um, he did a track with um, somebody down in AZ, and the guys from I believe St. Louis or something like that. And the guy, I guess, got the, the song was dope. I guess the guy got somewhat salty with him afterwards because Trey not only does he rap, but he does the choruses, he sings, he does all this other stuff, and he's authentic about it. I mean, he's not trying to be anybody else. So when he comes up there and he gasses you, you know, some artists fe feel some kind of way. So do you think it's like an ego thing? Does oh yeah, that too. Yeah, because I, I can honestly tell, I can tell you right now, off the cuff, I can think of eleven verses that I've recorded for other people that are never going to see the light of day because I bust their head open on their own song. See, at the same time, as an artist, if I'm doing a collaboration with somebody and I hear them and it doesn't make me take my pen out and scribble out what I wrote and rewrite something, then I'm not working with the right one. Feel me? Oh my God! Thank you. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to have. Thank you. I want to have my recordings done in one take. But I don't want the song to be done in one take. I, if you have a verse that makes me think of something differently, best believe I'm rewriting my verse. Yeah. Let's I'm keep no working the song until it's where it needs to be. Keep yeah. working the song until it's where it needs to be. Like, just because you recorded it, oh, I wrote this, and this is what I'm going to do. And blah, 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 blah. Okay, it's recorded. That's it. <laughs> and then six months later, you put it out, and then you're sitting there listening to it, and you're like, man, I could have said... You you still had time to do it, but no, no you said you, it was done. Exactly. Oh no, perfect, perfect. The first time out. as a writer in general, when have you ever put something out on your first time without revising at least something? Never. Exactly. It never happens. Like I, I, I can honestly say that even to this day, I'll finish writing a song, I'll leave it alone for like two days, and I go back and read it again. Right. Before I ever think about recording it, because I need to make sure. In the moment when I write it, I'm feeling secure about it. I'm like, yeah. word, I did it. Yeah, it's in my, I'm in that headspace. Yeah. Let me step out that headspace for a minute. And then come back to yeah. it. Yeah. Now, does it put, now, here's all I know. It's dope. Does it put me back in that same feeling when I wrote it? 
If it doesn't, then I need to revise something exactly. because that feeling is what's supposed to come from this song because that's the point. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? That's what I was at, where I was at when I wrote it. So I mean, that's man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I've I, I've uh, I've been talking to a lot of spoken word artists lately, yeah. um, and because and mainly because I want to start expanding the politics and not just talk to rappers like right. i mean granted i've spoken to you yeah. and i've spoken to a couple of other people who weren't rappers but like right. I, most I, I of my guests listen, are rappers you know yeah, what I'm saying? So, a few of them. <laughs> um but i want to start expanding more but I, I i always like to know from spoken word artists like do they feel embraced by hip-hop or do they feel like oh no 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 you don't do what we do you don't need yeah. to use beats get out of here now you yeah, know what i'm saying <laughs> i guess it's different for each individual artist like how they come through like I think of a beat when I write, but I don't, I can't really, like, rhyme to one. I guess I can, like, post-production-wise. Right. But, um, like, with me, I'll hear the beat, I'll write it out, and I'll do it. But that's because I listen to the same people y'all listen to. I look at Exactly, them. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm looking at y'all, and the thing that throws me off is, like, when all y'all come up to me and be like, man, how'd you write that? How'd you flip that? You know? So it's like there's a mutual love there. Oh, like, yeah. I feel embraced by the uh, community in general. No doubt. Like there's gonna be like a couple that are just you know standoffish or whatever. But I don't know. I can't really pay any of those people any mind anymore. I'm not talking to anybody in specific. I'm talking in general. No doubt. But it's like in general, yeah, I feel embraced by like the community around because like we all kind of came up in the same way. We all rode together, performed the same venues. So. No doubt. Now, have you felt a greater embrace outside of Tacoma? Seattle, yes and no. There's one spot in Seattle that I just never hit. But Seattle, yes, but it depends on, like, the night. Right, right, Like, right, they have right. their open mics, and those are a good way to get yourself known, at least to the, uh, like, put it this way. When you're doing an open mic, yes, the crowd's important, but when you're doing an open mic in certain venues, you're not really aiming at the crowd. No. You're aiming at the, uh owner of the place. And the talent booker, yes. Yeah. I want you to bring me back and pay me next time. Exactly. <laughs> now, Rain City down in Seattle, I've never actually been there. Everyone's like, oh, go down there. And my problem with that is everyone's like, oh, you're dope, you're dope. I'll watch some of these artists up there and I'll be like, oh, shit. You know? They'll make me second guess some stuff. <laughs> I love it when I hear somebody to make me be like, oh, I don't know if I want to go up there. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, if I go up there, don't make me go up after you. Let me go before you. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, case in point, last night, um, now our music is completely different, yeah. but me and A Wall were both there last night, <laughs> and, and and there's just something about A Wall, man. Like he makes really good music, mm -hmm. he's a good performer, and, and he is a Tacoma stone cold fucking legend. Right. So I'm sitting there looking at Taz like, why would you put me on after him? Like, why, what are you doing right now? <laughs> and sure enough, A Wall rocked. The place has got like 15, 16 people. A Wall rocks. He gets off. The DJ's playing a few songs. And motherfuckers start drifting out the door. And before I know it, it's my turn, and now I'm rapping for like five people. And I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. But um, by the same token, um, I think I've gained a greater appreciation for hip-hop in this area. Like, just mm -hmm. right, just like arti artist, artistic expression, period, coming from this area. Because right. you got to think, where I come from, all we knew was Sir Mix-a-Lot, Macklemore, the Sonics, the Seahawks, and that's it. Like we don't, nothing else in Washington moved us. You know but what I'm saying? But you see so many uh, people that you look at them. It's like, why haven't you broken out? You don't. It's not even your songs. It's nah. Like why haven't you broken out of this region? Yeah. Like I see that with so many artists. So why haven't you broken out of your city? Sometimes is the problem, and I'm it's like, a crab, no. that's a crab in the barrel thing. Because a lot of uh, 
Like I said, a lot of the artists I know, they made the move to Arizona. They made the move to Texas. Right. And that's they made where the move to L.A. or yeah, wherever. That's yeah. where they get embraced. Or they made the move to, like, the East Coast. Yeah. That's where they get embraced. And it, the sad reality is they take you for granted until you're gone. Case in point, I moved here. My numbers are so much better now than they've ever been in my entire career <laughs> since I moved here. And the funny thing is all the artists from here are like, oh, I got to get out of here. And I'm like, dog, I'm so glad I'm here. Like, this is <laughs> like this is crazy. It's like they don't.